San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. We are live out at Texas Cheer Liquor, number two. It's on Petranco right across from the Walmart. The number two is important because when you put it in your phone, type out number two or Texas Cheer number two, it will pop up, and, and then your phone will bring you right here. And that's exactly what happened to my phone. It did that. I typed in number two, got right here. It's really easy to get to. Uh, you turn on Petranco, and it's just right down the road, so it's not bad at all. And I tell you what, we've been – We've been shopping with our eyes <laughs> since we got here. We've been walking up and down the aisles. and It's a candy it's just, store. <laughs> I'm telling you, they've got all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't even think about. And you look at it, and it's like, man, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Wait, that's cool. And so it's just kind of nice to walk through here. What I, what I always find interesting every time we're at a Texas chair is there are people that walk in, and they go right up to the counter, and they say, do you have this? And they say, yep. And they go get it, and they, they don't chop. The people walk in knowing exactly what they want, the bottle size, everything. And then there's other people that walk in, and they're going up and down the aisle, say they want a tequila. They're not sure what tequila. They want something different. And the bottle tells them, you want me because I'm a cool-looking bottle. Exactly. The, the bottle speaks to them. And, and out the door they go in. You look at it, the bottles, the labeling, the artwork, that is such a huge deal in uh, – selling alcohol in in today's world because um you know if you're not sure what you want you go with the cool bottle well in, until you find out whether you like it or not but then you still got a cool bottle yeah well that's right, it I, I was see, looking at this red see, and white one behind see right angle that's what i was setting you up i yeah. mean you're like a teenage girl man that's a pretty bottle Dude, i kind of cool. like that i don't know if that's any good or not but that bottle would look good in my bar. That's right. If, and if the tequila, if I don't like it, then three I still shots got a cool in, bottle. it won't matter. Just keep drinking. Well, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I've got some others like that at my bar that I don't uh, that I don't really care for, but the bottle's cool. So, and, but it, I can understand why people would walk up and down the the aisles here because they have such a selection. I mean, you know, you go into a lot of liquor stores and there's eh, one or two Texas Cheer Liquor. Dude, there's they're all over the place. There's this. It's it's crazy how much of a selection they have. And if there's something you want that they don't have, they will get it for yeah. you. Yeah. That that's the beauty of it. But they've got it all here. Remember that great crown we were drinking at yep. the Dicka Jaws Super Bowl party in Los Angeles? I sure do. And at the time we didn't know they don't have Crown eighteen. It was brand new and released at that Super Bowl party. It's right over there on the – I mean, it's the top shelf. you got to have help, uh, somebody with a ladder to get to it. They don't just leave it out there for a Rhinegle or a Greg Shelton to be able to get it. But at the same time, uh, yeah, it's right there. Yes, they have Emmett's tequila. The Herodura tequila is is here. Uh, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who knew? He's in the alcohol business. He's on a display right behind us. You know, it's kind of weird doing a show here at Texas Cheer with our setup. And if you're watching on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live, The Rock is right over my shoulder. 
which is which is kind of cool because I hope in the very near future the Rock is literally with us announcing a new football team for San Antonio. Yeah, and it looks like he may do that, and that's true. By the way, he makes you look smaller. Um, the Rock does that to a lot of yeah, people. I guess he does. <laughs> he yeah, makes yeah. you look smaller. He's too. pretty cool, and the way he's holding that uh, tequila up there it makes it uh, look a, mighty it's, tasty. It's, it's it's a photo. I got to tell you, when I first walked in the door, there was a guy standing at the counter. He says, "You want you want some tequila?" <laughs> I said, "Yes." But I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Yeah, so. there's free samples here. If you walk in, you can say yes. You can. We can't say yes until 7 o'clock. But we can say yes then. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> but you need to come out here because it really is cool. And and, and it's, it's different. It's not like a you know, cookie-cutter liquor store. It's different. They have everything here, and they got a lot of it. And uh, it's a pretty cool place and always love coming out here. This is my third store we started at four uh-huh. i've been to four three and now two so i got to get out to one next and, and check f- that and one then out five when it opens because it's on the way and then six and then eight and then 12 and 14 and somewhere ad singh just drove off the road but that's part of it he's the <laughs> owner of texas cheer but i mean they they do a great business with great customer service and i'll tell you what if you're a kansas city chiefs fan you're looking for something to drink today because you just lost one of your best players Tyreek Hill is now a Miami Dolphin. I'm going to tell you what. I was sitting at the house, and I was just looking through, just kind of doing a little show prep there, and that popped up, and I went, you got to be kidding me. Because I had no idea that the Chiefs were negotiating with Tyreek or he, that he was even thinking. And then I saw the first thing, and it was like they had given him permission to seek a trade. Uh-huh. And there were a couple of teams that were after. The Chiefs were one. The Jets were the other. Well, and let's be honest. Not the, the Jets, Chiefs, the Dolphins. I'm the, sorry. The, the Jets aren't allowed to have nice things. So you know that Tyreek Hill wasn't going to the New York Jets, and he was going to end up with the Miami Dolphins. And the Miami Dolphins paid a fortune. Now, you lose a Tariq Hill, and I, I, I don't understand from a wide receiver standpoint that cares about winning Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, how you leave a Super Bowl-caliber team with a Hall of Fame quarterback. But then when you look at the money, so Devontae Adams had about a week of being the highest-paid wide receiver in history because that title now belongs to Tyreek Hill. Because not only did the Dolphins trade for him, they give him a new four-year, $120 million contract extension. 72 of that's guaranteed. He got $53 million today, which means he can afford to rent on South Beach. Um, but he's got this new deal, and that is the highest uh, – amount of money ever paid to a wide receiver in NFL history. Okay, I want to go back to something that you said that you just kind of glazed over really quickly. So are you telling me that Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer already? Likely, yeah. Likely. Uh, I'm mean, talking about right now, today. Um, today, no. He hasn't, okay. he hasn't done enough. But, I mean, with everything that he has done, he is on course to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I agree with that. Aaron Rodgers will be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I agree with that. Tua will not be. Derek Carr will not be. Here, here's the here's the thing about all of this. The Miami Dolphins have gone all out. Mm-hmm. They've signed that uh, the that uh, All Pro offensive lineman from the New Orleans Armstead Saints. Gave right? him. Armstead. He's the highest paid left yeah, tackle. He's something else. And they, obviously they got Cedric Wilson. They got uh, <laughs> Connor Williams from the Cowboys, which I know nobody was upset that he left the Dallas Cowboys. But again, if he meshes there and they fit in, they've got the offensive line. Um, They've got some weapons offensively. Obviously, now the defense isn't bad, and you got no quarterback. What are you going to do now 
with no quarterback? Well, I mean, they've got a lot of weapons. Yeah. I mean, and, and you look at the receivers that they already have. I believe the Dolphins now have the two fastest wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. The question is, go deep. Can Tua get them the ball? Um, and, and, and maybe we are underselling Tua, who has to be able to stay healthy. They, I mean, he's got to stay healthy. But maybe he hasn't had the fair opportunity and the new coaching staff comes in and thinks he could do something with Tua. Or maybe the Dolphins owner, who has been accused by Brian Flores of paying him to lose games, you talk about the integrity of the game, now this is an owner who has to spend money to look like he is trying to win to say Flores is full of crap and let's get all the pieces in place because then it won't be hard to get a quarterback to say, hell yeah, I'm going to Miami. Well, yeah, and I bet you Deshaun Watson is looking at that now going, man, if they're going to do all that, I wish I'd have gone to Miami. That's where I wanted to go in the first place. But if they were going to get a Deshaun Watson, they wouldn't have been able to afford all them other things. Well, maybe not, but that's the only thing. I look at the Dolphins now, and they're contenders. All of a sudden, the AFC, they have stepped up. They're Super Bowl contenders, or certainly AFC championship contenders. But... You, get, you got Tua and you got Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> if if I was the head coach of that thing, I am hoping, and I'm going into the season with those two guys, I'm hoping that Teddy Bridgewater wins that quarterback battle because I have no faith, not one iota of faith in Tua. And Bridgewater uh, might be the guy. And, and that's you can afford to do this, too, with Tua on a rookie deal. Um, and, again, if – Tua is their guy, and they say he is their guy. Maybe he just needs the opportunity to play with better quality players, get coached up with a, you know, their new head coach was the OC in San Francisco, one of those weird dudes with a brilliant mind. Maybe he's got some ideas that he thinks he can make uh, something out of Tua. But I don't know that the Dolphins, as we sit right now, are any more of a contender in the AFC than they were yesterday or a week ago when you look at all the power in the AFC. I mean, are the Kansas City Chiefs a weaker team today? Yes. Yeah, they probably are. But they're getting a ton of draft picks. I look at this trade, and part of me thinks uh, Kansas City won this. Five draft picks, a 2022 first-round pick, so number 29 overall, a second-round pick this year at number 50, a fourth-round pick, plus fourth and sixth-round picks in 2023. They got a haul for a receiver who saw Adams get a deal, and essentially uh, we've been negotiating a new deal. The numbers just went up, and Kansas City said, you're out. We can't afford to do that. And the Dolphins said they would, but you're right. They gave up a haul in in these picks, so Kansas City's got to be able to do something with that. Um, I did read a report that they, and and I'm not sure why they would want this guy, but because he really hasn't shown anything, this uh, Scanling, Marquis Scanling with uh, with Green Bay, Uh um, negotiating with him to maybe bring him in to help fill that gap. Obviously, he can't do it alone, but um, you still have Travis Kelsey there, and they're going to be able to get some some players in there, without a doubt, with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. I just I, I like what Miami's doing. I do. They're going all in, and maybe it's for the reasons you just stated, that you know this guy's got that shadow over his head that he was trying to throw games, but I just don't see bringing in all that talent, and you don't have a quarterback to throw the football to him. I said it from the very beginning that I thought uh, Tagovailoa was 
a bust, and he would be a bust in the NFL. I don't think the guy can stay healthy one iota. Teddy Bridgewater's got some talent, but he's not an upper-tier quarterback. Or if you're gonna able do, to stay healthy. Right. If you're going to do all of this, you've got to do the final piece of that puzzle, and you've got to find a quarterback that can throw the football. And it might not be this year. I, I mean, it's it, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, you can go out and you can get the quarterback and then try to get the pieces to fit around them, or you do what the Dolphins are doing, build the team knowing that you're going to be able to add a quarterback. Maybe they're looking at somebody in the draft that they want to <coughs> to go after with the movement that we have seen. I mean, I can't imagine that Baker Mayfield ends up there, but um, it, would Baker Mayfield be an upgrade over Bridgewater or Tua? Yes. Um Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of people are scared of Jimmy Garoppolo and his health at his age and what you would have to pay for him. But would Jimmy Garoppolo be an upgrade? Now, I don't know what the Dolphins have left to trade, but clearly San Francisco's asking price for Jimmy G is either going to come down because they've got no takers at whatever they're looking for and asking for now, or they keep him because, well, you got him under contract and Maybe you're undecided if Trey Lance is, is ready to go, but you're willing to part with the Jimmy G for the right price. I just don't know, unless they're seeing something with Lance that nobody else is seeing. And we really don't know. I mean, the guy hasn't hasn't had any opportunities on the field to play. So we don't know what the guy can do, and eventually you're going to have to give him the keys to the car and let him drive and see what he see what he can do. The problem with San Francisco is they've got a good team. I mean, overall, so do you, do the other veteran players there want to take a shot with a guy that is unproven, or do you want to ride with Jimmy G one more year and, and see what you can do? I mean, you were a step away from uh, the Super Bowl. And so, uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's tough, and I know a lot of those guys that are there are going to want to stay there and, and say, let's do this thing again. I, I, I look at what Miami did today. Kind of like what I said the other day about the Cleveland Browns when they pulled off the deal for Deshaun Watson. With the moves that they have made and everything that they have acquired and spent to get there, they're still the third best team in their division. The Cleveland Browns bring in a Deshaun Watson, and I don't know that they're better than Baltimore, a healthy Baltimore team. I don't know that they're better than a healthy Cincinnati team. If I were to rank them, I'd still have Cleveland at number three. Same thing in the AFC East. I still have Buffalo at number one. I still have New England at number two, Miami at number three, and then you got the Jets. I think if Deshaun Watson can play, that team automatically has got to be the favorite in that division. I just can't see. I mean, obviously, you've got some quarterbacks over there. You got Cincinnati that went to the Super Bowl. They have upgraded their offensive line, which is good. But if Deshaun Watson plays anywhere near how he played before all of this mess that that he's been involved in, then I guarantee they have to be considered the favorite to win that division. Absolutely, I'd put them at the top and 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 go with them and ride with them. They've got the talent around Deshaun Watson right now to make a run for the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship. Again, though, the problem is with saying that about Cleveland or that about Miami or that about anybody, they're all in the AFC, which is a complete monster right now, and whoever gets out of there may be just too banged up to win the Super Bowl, giving an NFC uh, team the, the, the shot at doing it again. Well, and, and even the, the Chiefs, they lose a Tyree kill. You know, they got the Hardeman kid, so they almost drafted or essentially drafted – 
uh, Tyreek's replacement uh, recently. They, they've got other weapons. They've got Travis Kelsey still. You've got the Chargers. I don't know if I'd put the Chargers or the Chiefs as my favorite to win the AFC West. The Broncos are going to be better with Russell Wilson. And then you've got the Raiders. I, I mean, it's bizarre the amount of talent that is on the AFC side. And then you look over on the NFC side and you go, Jerry, what the hell are you doing? You see what's going on. It feels like the NFC is wide open. All the talent, all the attention right now is on the AFC side. Now's the time. I mean, the Tyreek deal, the Adams deal certainly makes the Michael Gallup deal at a discount at that look like a brilliant signing. But Cooper's contract now doesn't look so bad either. No, it doesn't look so bad. And Again, Gallup, I'm going to reserve judgment on the Michael Gallup deal. It sounds good on paper. It's cheap. But is he going to be healthy? When is he going to be back and healthy? And, and, and how is he going to be able to help you? And when is he going to be able to help you? And until then, you've got to figure out what you're going to do uh, in his absence. Because, quite frankly, and just listening to him the other day talk, he doesn't think he's going to be back for game one. And who knows how long it's going to take after that before he's back. So... Uh, the uh, the jury for me is still out on Michael Gallup. Maybe that's a good deal if he comes back healthy and can play. It's a great deal, but you just don't know. And C.D. Lamb better be the guy. And if you're Jerry and you're paying attention, you've got to start thinking about putting some money away for C.D. and his contract. But I do wonder though, with the wide receiver market getting reset twice in a week by Devonte Adams and now by Tyreek Hill. At what point do receivers go the way of the running backs and stop getting that kind of money, the dumb deal that Zeke has? And at the time, Jerry had to do it. He was over the barrel. He paid him. And he is regretting that decision today as I put words in Jerry's mouth. Jerry will never say that. They love Zeke. Steven loves Zeke. B.S. You know, behind closed doors, <laughs> they know that they overpaid for a guy. But one of the reasons why Andy Reid can let Tyreek Hill go is you look at this draft, there's 8,000 wide receivers in the draft. You go back and you look at high school football, seven-on-seven, seven, the way college football is right now, Wide receivers come into the league ready to go. You look at just the the amount of receivers that are out there, the way the game is being played, you never have to pay another wide receiver big money. You could just, all right, see ya. I'm going to draft two wide receivers. One of them is going to be a stud. You can do that, and, and that up until the Zeke Elliott draft is why you didn't draft running backs in the first round, especially in the top five picks. And again, I mean, I, I just look at that, that draft pick again and think, what a mistake. The, the contract is one thing, but to draft Zeke Elliott at number four overall in the draft was just a huge mistake when they didn't have to do that. Running backs, as you mentioned, they're a dime a dozen. Here, and Zeke here, is not that much better than a guy you could draft in the second round. I disagree with that. I think Zeke, when he was coming out of Ohio State, was one of those special generational-type running backs. And picking him at four overall, if the Cowboys would have had a Super Bowl or two, that's that would be why. Uh, but to sit here at this deep into his career with no Super Bowls, no NFC Championship game, no. And hindsight being twenty twenty. So I do think there are times where there's exceptions to every rule. And at the time, it was Jalen Ramsey or Zeke. Flip a coin, and and you go with it. 
and years later, revisionist history is, you know, well, you know, New Orleans should have took John Morant instead of Zion. No, at the time you had to take Zion. Um, now you can look back and say, yeah, you know, John Morant. Or, you know, uh, do you take Michael Jordan or that Bowie kid? You know, at the time, I hear you. history is what it is. But history in the NFL says you don't do that. That, that was an anomaly with the Cowboys drafting Zeke Elliott at number four overall. You just don't do that. Who else does that? And I guarantee you, you look at every mock draft there is out there, there's not one running back in the, tie, in the first round. No. Not one. And so I, I just don't understand. And, and you're right. Somebody else would have taken a chance at Zeke Elliott, and then history would have been whatever it would have been. Sure. But I just, even at the time, it's like, what are you doing? What? When the need at that time for the Dallas Cowboys was defensive backfield, mm-hmm. you had the premier guy coming out of college you could have drafted in your backfield and, and, and had part of it set for years to come. And now you're stuck with Zeke Elliott, who who can't get out of the garage. And and you you look at it, Saquon Barkley doesn't help the argument either. Exactly for, right. for, for, for running backs. But I do think with the amount of wide receivers in in high school, because now you know, remember you know back when you played in high school, and you know I played in high school, it was you wanted to be RB one. Sure. Now everybody wants to be a wide receiver. Right? <laughs> Everybody wants to be a wide receiver. There are very few teams that are run dominant. You look at at the draft, like the UTSA Pro Day is is happened today. In fact, Jeff Trailer will join us at five thirty to talk about it. Looking forward to that. Sincere McCormick, we all saw what that kid did in high school. We saw what he did at the college level. His size, uh his forty time at the combine wasn't great. You wonder at what point he gets drafted, but it's going to be late, although he's got one of the best jump cuts you'll ever see. But there's like 40 running backs in the draft, and the separation between the 40 of them is small. Same with the wide receivers. There are so many wide receivers in the draft that Kansas City's like, yeah, okay, we're going to get to. Somebody's going to take your place. They they won't be as fast as Tyreek because, well, nobody is, but – can they produce for you? And I think that's what you're looking at with wide receivers. And this draft is going to be so bizarre because of all the movement we've had in this crazy NFL offseason. Eight teams do not have a first-round pick. Six of the eight because they traded for quarterbacks. The other two for wide receivers. But the Bears, the Broncos, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Raiders, the 49ers, and Rams, they don't have a first-round pick. Six teams have two, and then you got the Eagles with three. That's incredible. That really is incredible. So you know there's going to be a lot of wheeling and dealing going on in this draft, which is going to make it a lot of fun. So, you know, we can sit here and look at the, the makeup of teams right now as they stand, but I guarantee you that a lot of those teams are going to be a lot different come the start of training camp than they are right now just because of what you just said. And I think that is incredible. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a situation like that before. I, I mean, this offseason, the amount of movement, the amount of big-name quarterbacks that have changed teams, I don't know that we have seen this kind of offseason. But also, when I see teams that are willing to trade so many draft picks. Yeah. And everybody talks about uh, how they value and covet draft picks. Nah. You know what? I'd rather have a proven player than a draft pick that you hope works out. Kind of like, you know, with the Spurs. If you, if you pick the wrong guy, it doesn't matter. 
you know, I, I mean, you're you're taking a chance versus I'll trade these picks for a proven commodity. And the Dallas Cowboys did that a couple of years ago for Amari Cooper, and that worked out great for the Dallas Cowboys at the time. And, and quite frankly, even now, even though he's not a part of the team, he was essentially the Cowboys' first round pick for three years. They got what they got out of him, and now he plays for the Cleveland Browns. And unfortunately, it didn't lead to anything, and 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 that's what's what's sad. But again, you know, I'm going to give the Cowboys a little bit of a break. There's a lot of teams that do this and don't end up with anything. So, sure. uh, it, it's a crapshoot in the NFL. It, it is. Every time you make a deal is a crapshoot. The Dolphins are rolling the dice big time, putting a lot of money out on that table for Tyreek Hill, hoping that he's the guy. And, I, and quite frankly, Patrick Mahomes has got to be sitting back, going, "Man, that dude was my dude." And when I needed to go long, he was the guy, and he was always open, and I could get the football to him. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is, is another security blanket, but it was Tyreek Hill who always got past everybody, was always open, and uh, Mahomes could always count on that guy. So if you're Patrick Mahomes, you got to be a little bit sad today losing that guy. Patrick Mahomes is in St. Bart's on his honeymoon. I I'm just sorry. <laughs> Well, he's he's a little bit sad today, and he probably said, "Honey, not tonight. I'm going to go sit on the beach for a minute and have a couple of tequilas." You think that's what he said on his honeymoon? Who knows? Not tonight. Not tonight. Well, I mean, they've been there for a while. He's probably okay. <laughs> he's in shape. He's all he's right. He's not a six-year-old yeah. man. He doesn't need a night off. He doesn't need a. Re- he doesn't need the recovery time. Well, I'm just saying for, for uh, mental purposes. With me, I need more than a night off. <laughs> So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, that's just the way that goes. So, you know, yeah, moving on. We're at Texas. <laughs> Short balls are hard to, hard to recognize when Absolutely. they're staring you in the mirror. Absolutely. Come see us. We're out here at Texas Cheer Liquor number 2 on Petranco Road. Petranco in 1604. Take a ride on Petranco or left, depending which way you're coming. The play is in. The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. ESPN 1250 FM. Joining us now, as she does every Wednesday, we're having some video issues. I don't know if you're on screen yet, Maddie, or not, but uh, but we're not, I don't think. <laughs> How's your Wednesday going? Hi, Joe. It's going well. Hi, Maddie. That's all that matters. As long as you and I are on there, that's good. Yeah, I mean, we've seen enough of Jason over the years, I think, in his blue shirt. <laughs> this is true, although today I'm not wearing a blue shirt. No? Well, that's unfortunate. The one day you aren't seeing, this is like a historic moment, and we can't see it. You know, see, there's no proof that I'm wearing a, a blue shirt or not wearing a blue shirt. You know what I mean? It could be a song. Although, I, 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 speaking of songs, Maddie, you had a tweet earlier. I, I need more info on this because I haven't really seen anything thing on this. But, you know, all of us, whether we admit it or not, are playing Wordle, right? And I'm, I'm not. I'm damn good. I, I'm, no, I'm I, not either. I, you got liars. I'm damn good at, mm-hmm. at Wordle, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's something so called uh, Hurdle. What? What is Hurdle? It's Hurdle. Hurdle. I don't know. Hurdle. <laughs> hurdle. What? What is this? Tomato. Tomato. Same, right. Right. How you say it? 
all you need to know is that I'm going to win every time. Why is that? It's, tell it's me, t- tell me about hurdle. I'm going to be Hurdle. The of this sport. So it's like it gives you the first little beats of a song, and you have to guess what it is based off of that like half a second. And for some reason, I am crazy, freakishly good at doing that. Just like day to day in the car. Like if there was a game show, I think there was back in the day, I would have won whatever cash prize there was because I'm too good at it. Name that tune. That's right. Yeah. Before my time. <laughs> Are you sure it was before your time? I don't know. It might. might. I don't know. There's some things that, like, I don't know if you saw that Doug McDermott video with the Spurs. He didn't know what a pager was. So I can't be faulted if that was like. But that, that is crazy. Was. Yeah, how old is Doug McDermott? I mean, he's got to be he's late 20s, early 30s, right? He's a few months older 30s, than right? me, I guess, because he's 30. I'm um, 29. Delilah yes. might start barking right now, my dog. So if that happens, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, so okay. so it's here a the beats of a song and you guess the song. Because I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. it was name these lyrics, right? Like the Rolling Stones have a song in forever. I thought it was talking about your pizza burning. Couldn't quite figure it out, right? But that, that's <laughs> yeah. not what the song actually yeah, is. You don't, to, <laughs> you don't need to know the lyrics, just the name of the song. See, they need to come up with something that you could guess the lyrics. Like, when we were at the Super Bowl, we were going to interview the Diplo, and you said, can you ask him this question to verify some lyrics that you were unsure of? Right. That was, um, is it blow a kiss, fire a gun, or focus, fire a gun? We should do a poll on this show right now um, because that's something I've always wanted to know. Yeah, since he stood us up, we uh, we never got a chance to ask that question. He had to go eat dinner, apparently. So uh, he wanted some chicken fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because that's all they had. Maybe he didn't want to talk to you because he called him the Diplo. Is well, that his name? Well, now we weren't calling him that until Diplo. he stood us up. It's just Diplo. So no. But speaking of chicken fingers, this this is a nice segue. Uh huh. Intentional. Yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> Zaxby's, which I've never had, is planning like this, you know, big expansion in San Antonio. They've already announced, I think, two previous stores, and now there's a third one coming. On top of that, Pluckers is planning more locations in San Antonio. There's one coming to the south side at Brooks, the Brooks area. I'm always tempted to call it Brooks City Base. It's just Brooks now, but you know what I'm talking about. The development out in the south side that's like mixed use with apartments and really different chains of restaurants and local restaurants. They are planning a, a, a spot there. Um, so lots of chicken news. We also have, like, some Dave's Hot Chicken coming, a Texas Hot Chicken place coming, lots of chicken. So if Diplo wants to come um, make good on him, on his standing you all up, there's plenty of chicken places here. <laughs> you know, there really are, and they they get better. Yeah, but I, I like Pluckers, chicken strips. They're Pl- pretty good. Pluckers, but, but if you're going to Pluckers, don't you just get the wings? No, I don't. The chicken strips are good because they're they're yeah. big and they're – thick and they you can still put all the regular sauce on there okay chicken so they're good boys, yep. and that way yeah basically and then you don't get your hands all yucky <laughs> i mean i still get my hands very yucky but it's, yeah. it's easier than having to rip it off the bone but yeah so, is ryan eagle saying that he eats chicken tenders with a fork and knife chicken of course if they've got he, buffalo he sauce on them yes <laughs> he can't get his pink shirt dirty that's right. I can't because half of it's white, so they could be buffalo sauce all over that. You could, that, you know, yeah. That's probably why. But I mean, you know, if the wings are good, like 
Wingstop is good. I like Wingstop. So, you know, I, I'll get messy for that as long as i got a lot of napkins. But if I'm eating chicken tenders, uh-huh. yeah, I've got a fork and a knife uh-huh. or just a fork to cut them. You don't need a knife necessarily. It's just they're called finger foods for a reason. Yeah, but then i got to wipe my fingers. So why bother? See what I deal with, Maddie? You see what I do with both of you, actually. These are, these are answers that I did not really ever think I was going to need to know. But here oh, we it's are. Just, it's it's going to help you later in life, Maddie. I promise you. There, there's going to be at some, some like point. Trivia, like a trivia, a Joe Ryan angle and Jason Minnick No, I'm just going to think, you know, when you're looking at your husband wondering what the hell was I thinking, you're going to think back that, yeah, this is this is just preparing you for 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 when that happens bold bold of you to assume that i'm ever going to get married <laughs> it, it is it is very very bold and i know it won't happen anytime soon wow how do you know okay. that <laughs> how do you know that i'm sad that was like well that was bad no. well i mean it's not i mean yeah, soon is within like the next six months it's not going to happen in you the next six know. months that's know. exactly right. Maddie may meet somebody tonight that she just falls head over heels in love with, and they're married next week. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, Maddie. it's possible. Yeah. And thank you, Joe yeah. Rangel. Two compliments from two Joes. I don't know. Actually, Joe Rangel, I don't know if that was a compliment. That... <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it was. I mean, you never know who you're going to bump into. But you got to get out, yeah. Maddie. I mean, you can't stay at home and do that. Do you think I don't go out? I, I go out plenty on the weekends. So, oh yeah, she, she does. But but again, always Monday with large Friday. groups of girls. So you know that doesn't that doesn't spell a husband in your future anytime soon. <laughs> I am so glad I'm not on camera for this. <laughs> I can Isn't feel it? the death stare coming through the camera, and it's on my end. All it says is something went wrong. Yeah, it sure <laughs> did. That's, that's, that's all I see I, I, yeah, on I my never, camera never... is something went wrong. I feel like there's like a parallel draw between like Joe Ryan Angle's sports career and like him coaching me through dating. <laughs> well, like, yeah, uh, I could probably do that. I I give great advice, Maddie. You you I would not steer you wrong. Yeah, well we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me know because I got to meet this youngster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a, yeah. I mean, Ryan Engel's got five daughters. That's he's right. Got through. He's an expert at the approval process. I am. Oh, that's a tough one. That's 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 scary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nothing nothing coming down the hill right now. <laughs> I, I've met your mother. I think that approval process would be harder than than Ryan Engel would be on any any no. dude. No, she actually. It's my brother's a tough one to win over. My mom is a sweetheart. Ah. It's my brother that. There's very few people that have passed the brother test. I don't know. If well, I'm any, surprised anybody so. has, quite honestly. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody has. Nobody ever will, unless it's somebody. So you're gonna. You, you will get to an age where it won't matter anymore. It's just please take her off our hands. <laughs> you're not there yet, but it, it, right now yeah. it's a tough process. But pretty soon it's I like please. I haven't annoyed them just quite yet, so we haven't gotten there. I don't know. I feel like I'm the glue that holds the family together, so I don't think they ever want me taken off there. <laughs> well, that could again happen by next week, Maddie. You just never know. <laughs> I could be replaced yeah. by them, too. I don't know. Yeah, Fiesta is right around the corner. I mean, you, you, just, yeah, you just never know. Fiesta. Any, any Vegas trips in your in your near future? No, I don't have any trip planned yet because Fiesta is taking place and nothing interrupts Fiesta. 
So are you, really, you're a big time. fiesta. You're a big fiesta. What, what's your favorite fiesta event? I'm a two-time fiesta finalist. I'll have you know. <laughs> oh. Okay. So my big fiesta events. Um, I mean, obviously, oyster bake, Nyosa, the flambeau parade. Oh, look, y'all are back. And I'm hearing. Wow! Myself. Look at that. Um, I actually really enjoy Alma Heights night too because I went to UIW, so it's a, like a, I see a lot of college friends. I do want to check out some smaller, like not smaller, but newer events like Sanquas y Cervezas on the South Side. I've never been. Want to try that one? Um, and then just like hanging out, hanging around Market Square is always fun. Getting a, a gordita, just walking around. Speaking of Market oh, Square, um, some sad news to share: Hispanic Elvis isn't doing too well. Ah. Uh. I saw he was in a uh, hospice care now. Mm-hmm. So that, that is sad. he's surrounded by lots of family and love. He's a San Antonio beloved personality, and Market Square really won't be the same without him. So lots of good thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Absolutely, and hopefully you know, comfortable at, at, at this stage. Maddie Sky from the San Antonio Express News joining us here on the Blitz as she does every Wednesday. Our video is actually working, and now it's not. No, it's not. Um, you know, it's it, 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 it's one of those days. I did. Anything else going on in our great city? Um, no, I think right now everybody's just fiesta focused. I know this weekend I'm going to head out to Amos, Amos, stock up on some supplies, um, get a new flower crown, maybe make my own flower crown be decided if i can actually pull it off um but yeah that's pretty much it well good while you're at it ryan eagle needs you to make him a flower crown i could use one i I wear pink proudly so i I can go with the flower crown i'm trying to create my own design we'll see maybe i'll start selling them i'll charge you what goes what 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 goes into a design for your flower crown I can't tell you. All I'm going to tell you is I'm going to try to use recycled materials and some spray paint and a glue gun. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah, good luck with that. If I end up injured, we'll, we'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't. Please, please don't hurt yourself. All in the name of Fiesta. It's always All in, the... in love and Fiesta. Is that how it Absolutely. Goes? Let me ask you a knucklehead Fiesta question. I mm-hmm. have received one Fiesta medal at this point. I haven't even seen people offering. I I have a problem buying Fiesta medals. I I, I don't you know unless it's for a straight charity. Not that I'm cheap, mm-hmm. but I mean they're the kind of things that you get and you trade, right? Okay, I'm cheap, uh, yeah. Greg Shelton. But it is are, are Fiesta medals not that they're not going out of stock? But is there a delay in getting them, or is it just I haven't I been in the right places yet? Okay, so I've also noticed a like a gap in the Fiesta metal crazes here. And I think here's what my thinking is. I think so many people were nervous about Fiesta being in this flux for the past two years, but they didn't want to commit the money that goes into making them. They're not cheap. So yeah. that may be why. Or, you know, just two years of this up and down. People didn't know. I didn't make a Fiesta metal this year. Um, and also, it came up really quick, considering we just had Fiesta last, what, July? There uh-huh. hasn't been much separation in air planning. Wasn't so it in November or something? Was it November? Uh, it was, no, it was in the Or was it before that? That was that. the original yeah. date for 2020. Yeah. 
that was the original gotcha. postponement date for 2020, but it got canceled. But so people start planning in the fall, usually for Fiesta medals. So there wasn't a lot of time to recoup from Fiesta and then start planning. And then also this like, we had another COVID surge, what was going to happen? There's a lot of unknowns right now. So that could be a big right. reason why. Yeah, because generally mm-hmm. the first medal I get is the Matty Sky medal. And then I'll get one from Cleto Rodriguez. And I don't think I'm going to get either of those this year. I didn't. I didn't come up with one this year. Honestly, I, my creative juices weren't flowing. It's hard. There's a lot of when everything is happening all at once to be funny and creative. So unfortunately, no Fiesta medals <laughs> for me this year. I have previous ones from past years, but none this year. Sorry to disappoint. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how it goes. We'll get by. Maddie Sky, the food and culture editor of the San Antonio Express News. Always appreciate the time. Likewise. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Hopefully our video will be working Maybe. Uh, next week when, when we're when we're on with Maddie Sky from the San Antonio Express News. She mentioned all the uh, chicken places that are coming to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. There is a Philly cheesesteak place that is closed in Houston. The reason will make you laugh. Make sure you're drinking something as we tell you this. And speaking of, come see us here at Texas Cheer Liquor Number 2. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Rudy J. Let's talk the biggest stories in sports tomorrow morning, 7 till 10, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Always good to hear Rudy J's voice. You can hear him from 7 to 10, but I'm guessing he's on his way to join us here at Texas Cheer Liquor number 2 on Petranco because AD has pulled out the good stuff. Man, he really has. And, and we were just talking about that during the break. It's like, man. You're really pulling that out for samples? Well, I, sure, I, I, why not? Again, I, I don't want to say what he's pulled out because I don't want Rudy J to get a ticket on his way over here. But let's just say there's there's an animal on the lid, um, it, you know, and and it may or may not start with the letter B. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? There there are there are certain things that you go, holy crap! And people are looking all over for this. You want to sample it? Come and see us here at Texas Cheer Liquor number two. Rudy and I may have to uh, go in together on something else that's here, so we may have to hide that uh, before somebody else comes in and, and snags it. But he'll, Rudy will know exactly what I'm talking about because he was the salesman for that particular whiskey when uh, we were well, out we can, in L.A. We can for talk Super about Bowl. It. It, it's a, can we, can, A.D., will you at least let us see the bottle? Hold it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we won't open it. I promise not to drop it. Well, um, I'm not sure. We, I, I didn't promise we wouldn't open it. Dude, AD. I'm setting you up. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, yeah, it's a, I'm trying to be a good teammate here. I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up for. So, you know, I mean, dude, I've never. I, I guarantee, you, if I had something to sell, I'm hiring Rudy J because that dude was pulling everybody at that party over to well, this particular drink right here. It's Crown Royal 18 which means it's 18 years old, and it is about the smoothest whiskey I think I've ever had in my life. The Crown 18, to give you an idea, it was debuted at this Look Super at Bowl party that we were at. And nobody knew what it was. There's all this free alcohol at this party, and people are looking going, Crown, ah, let, let's go over here. Until you realize what it is, and then all of a sudden you are going, oh, man, and that's where Rudy, he never left. No. Um, you know, they paid that man in alcohol. I mean, he, 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 yeah, that was good times. But he was bringing everybody over there, everybody, to try that. And once you tried it, it was like, jeez, that's in, that's incredible stuff. It, it really is incredible wow. stuff. Uh, the uh, It just crown, looks good, doesn't the, it? The Crown 18. 
we will uh, talk more about that in a moment. But, you know, Deshaun Watson is no longer a member of the Houston Texans. He is gone. You know, I saw Matt Ryan put a nice letter in the Atlanta paper today thanking the fans and all that kind of stuff. I haven't seen anything like that from Deshaun in the Houston Chronicle yet. And I don't know that he will give a nice goodbye to the city of Houston. But, you know, after he signed his big contract, he got into the restaurant business. And he opened up a crappy cheesesteak restaurant called Lefty's. And, And honestly... It ain't a good cheesesteak. It's not. It's not. And their bread was way, it was way too salty, but it just wasn't that good of a sandwich as a cheesesteak connoisseur. No. And it was right down the road from NRG Stadium, and he had a couple other locations. Well, yesterday, a uh, Houston radio guy, Landry Locker, posted some photos because apparently he was craving a bad cheesesteak and went over there. <laughs> and the doors are locked. Uh-huh. The letter on the door said that the landlord had changed the locks because the rent had not been paid. Well, you you got to figure Deshaun was paying for a lot of other things at the moment, like lawyers, uh, and maybe that was just wasn't high on his list uh, to, to keep the rent open and a, and a door open for crappy cheesesteaks. Well, he might have even thought they were bad. Well, I mean, he got into the franchise, but uh, from from what I hear, and I, I, I don't know, but it was busy. And in that area, there's not a lot. It was Deshaun's. People are going over there. But, dude, pay your rent. You got to pay your rent because you know who suffers? The people that were working at that restaurant that showed up every day, but the uh, the rich owner who just signed a 230-some-odd million guaranteed contract ain't paying rent on his business. Yeah, how good was the business? Was it crowded? I've never been there. When you sent the picture last night... Um, well, it was empty because never, the doors were locked. Well, I'd never heard of it, but I'm just saying. I mean, was it a popular place? It, I, you know, it's you Houston. didn't like it. I, I, but it's like Texadelphia or whatever that 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 cheesesteak. Oh, no, okay. You know, it's hard to find a good cheesesteak. I right? agree. There are agree. a lot of people that have all right cheesesteaks. Yeah, yeah. Lefties wasn't one of them. Okay. And then the jokes on Twitter. If you go to Landry Lockers, because you know it's called Lefties, and they. Talk about how they do everything right. So you got a lefty there. You know, I mean, the the jokes that were being made on Twitter were uh, far better than the cheesesteaks that they were serving there. Well, apparently confusing the hell out of everybody. And nobody (laughs) knew what to do, whether you go left or right or this Uh, way or that way. Whatever my friend. I mean, you you look at it. But, I mean, the the reality is people were going there because it was Deshaun's place. And if business isn't good, there's ways to go about closing down an unsuccessful business. It's not just don't pay your rent and have the landlords change the locks in the middle of the night and a whole bunch of people lose their jobs. That's not the way to run your business, Deshaun Watson. Well, I mean, we don't know what Deshaun did. Maybe he paid those people. I don't know. I mean, he probably didn't. I, I'm not trying to take up for Deshaun Watson here. Yeah, you but are. No, not really. All right, Rusty Harden. <laughs> you think he'd pay me as much as he paid Rusty Harden? No, Jeez. I don't think he pays anybody as much as Rusty I, I, Harden, including the 22 massage therapist. <laughs> I, I would have closets full of this Crown Royal 18 if uh, if I was Rusty Harden right now because Deshaun Watson paid him a small fortune. Yes, yes, he did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, speaking of small fortunes, that's what Tyreek Hill is getting now. From the Miami Dolphins, the crazy NFL offseason continues. We'll talk about it as we continue here on the Blitz, live from Texas Tier Liquor Number 2 on Petrenko Road. Live, local, loud. Oh, 
KZDC, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 1033 FM. Woo! Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe I'm Jason Menix, live out of Texas, cheer liquor number two off Petranco Road. Across from the Walmart, come see us. We've got free samples. You can see the new Crown 18. You can see, uh, what, what, well, you can buy the bottle, too. Yeah, I mean, he'd they, probably sell it to you. Yeah, you know, he'll definitely sell it yeah. to you. Um, but it's rare. I mean, we didn't even know what it was when we saw this debuted at a Super Bowl party in Los Angeles. And I'm not the biggest crown fan, typically speaking. This crown is incredible. If this box is still here at 7 o'clock, it, it might make it to my house. No, it won't be here. Uh, oh, because well, Rudy J is on his way. Yeah, Rudy Jay's on his way. He's very excited about but he's, it. But Rudy Jay's too cheap to spend that kind of money <laughs> on, on Crown Royal 18. And if Rudy did spend the money... You know damn well he wouldn't share with anybody. No, of course not. I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> it's like if he doesn't buy it and I do, I'm not sharing with anybody either. Liar. No. You'd share with not me. Not you. You would share with me. No. <laughs> have you shared that Blanton's with anybody? I have not. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> have you opened that bottle of Blanton's? No, I'm saving it for a special occasion. I don't know what that special occasion <laughs> is yet, but I'll know it when I see it. It's, it's it's funny because I did the same thing. I, I as I told Joanna, I was like, don't open it yet. No, I, I mean, certain friends come over, we might break that. Otherwise, hide it. And she was yeah. like, but the bottle you got that bottle you have to have on display. And I said, okay, well, you know, like like uh, not that I want to throw him under the bus, but like if my neighbor Hal comes over, you got to hide the bottle, right? Right, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just your neighbor Hal is not. It's not big enough. Well, he'd rather have a truly anyway. I so I mean, you know, I don't want him to, <laughs> ah, I don't, I, I don't want to expose him <laughs> to something like Blanton's. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, you know, Blanton's is a is a good celebration drink, especially with a good cigar. Day to day, I'm I'm a Basil Hayden guy. Okay, which is really good, right? Ad, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, it's good stuff. And uh, although there's some stuff that we're sampling here that. That's you know, good stuff too. Might, that might be good day to day. That Caribou Crossing looks good, and yeah, there, yeah, yeah. We got uh, we got all kinds of stuff over there. So come out and try it. Texas Cheer Liquor Number Two, and that's important. You got to have the number two to get here if you're putting it in your in your GPS because it makes a difference. It does. It does because I mean you can get what you want at number three, at number four, right. at number one. But you won't get to see Joe Reinagle. True. Unless you come to number two. Or Greg Shelton, and I know or, everybody or wants to Shelton. see him. In fact, a game that we like to play. If you come over and see us at Texas Cheer Liquor number two and get a selfie with Greg Shelton, I will give you a pair of tickets to the Valero Texas Open. Yeah. Now, you have to get Greg to smile in said selfie. So, I mean, you may have to tickle him. Or pour him a shot of something. Maybe. One of the two. I mean, you could tickle him, but he really doesn't like to be touched. I, I mean, so, I mean, you know, whatever. I have a feeling to take more than one shot. To get Greg to smile? Yeah, you may have to go through half a bottle, and then he might smile. Maybe. 
Yeah. Maybe. If you're lucky. But at that point, if he gets through half a bottle, he likes to be tickled at that point. <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am just saying. Jeff Trailer, head football coach of them, UTSA Roadrunners, will join us at 530. Big day today out at UTSA as they were having their pro day. I believe every NFL team was represented at UTSA's pro day. One general manager that I know of, Nick Casario from the Houston Texans, was there. There's a, a a lot of rumblings that they were there to see one guy in particular that might play defensive back. Absolutely, and why wouldn't you be there to look at him? And I, I was really surprised when we talked to Tariq Woolen a couple of weeks ago, right after the combine, he said there were only really three teams there that pulled him aside to get that one-on-one. I think the Bengals were one. and Seattle was one. Seattle was one. They did formal interviews. Right, right. He he interviewed with everybody. Informally. But then you come, and if a team likes you or shows some interest, they can pull you aside and interview you just kind of one-on-one, get to know you a little bit better. And, And there were only three, and I was really surprised because I think this guy has a really bright future in the NFL. I've got to believe, though, if a general manager shows up, they're looking at you in the top three rounds, maybe second uh, yeah, round. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's a, a quick flight for Nick Casario, but still, I mean, guys got a lot of things to do that, you know, coaches and GMs, they show up if there's first round talent, second round talent there to see, or you saw a couple of head coaches at the uh, Liberty Pro Day to watch quarterback play, right? I, yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, uh, and, and everything that he is doing, he is shooting up, the boards and you know i i know we do it every year and i don't want to sound like that guy i i don't like to sound negative but when was the last time a quarterback had a bad pro day right i I mean like (laughs) like every quarterback's pro day was like oh my goodness um uh, although he threw one pass like eight and a half miles on the money yeah but they're always impressive i mean if you screw up your pro day you're well screwed. You know, I think uh, I think guys, uh, general managers, scouts, whoever they're sending, they already know. I mean, they have a pretty good idea of what you've done. They've looked at game film. They've they've studied you. If they, and they just want to get a closer look and and see how you, I don't know, maybe interact with your teammates or uh, you know. W- that's your home, right? So how are you there? Are you a different guy there than you were at the Combine? And I don't know. It's just kind of that final interview of the of the beauty contest, it's so exactly to exactly what it is. And, again, it's part of the process. But it does a couple of things. And that's what we'll talk a little bit about with Jeff Trailer. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I think 15 guys were doing official workouts, you know, Half of those guys probably do end up on an NFL roster, whether they are drafted or signed as an unrestricted free agent. They get a little NFL money for a couple of years, and they get a jump start on their mm-hmm. life. You know, I mean, Tariq Woolen might be one of those that gets life-changing money, but the other guys, maybe a hundred Duplessis, who really killed it uh, with with his workout, you know, he might get life-changing money but the rest of those guys you can get a jump start i'm sure the usfl and the xfl were there as well because those are going to be opportunities for those for those guys to chase football before they have to go get a real job that that's absolutely true a guy like hunter duplicis may not get drafted but you know he's going to end up on somebody's training camp roster because he's that good 
Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Cowboys don't have a kicker right no, now. They don't. So, so that would be good. And then who knows? You stay with the Cowboys for a little while. They'll sign you to a three-year, nine million dollar deal. I mean, that's what they do with punters and kickers in Dallas. So, it, it, but you got to be named Anger to get that. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's what it what it boils down to. Now, again, you know, nine million for a punter seems pretty uh, well affordable when you consider the Miami Dolphins doled out one hundred twenty million for a wide receiver today. Tyree Kill traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins then give him an extension. Four years, $120 million, 72.2 guaranteed. He got $53 million of that today. That's insane. <laughs> and, and I still think Kansas City won the trade. Yeah, they get, they loaded up with draft picks, and that's what Andy Reid said. He sent out a statement and said, you know, we thank Tyreek Hill. Obviously, he's been a huge part of this ball club, but, you know, it's we wish him well, pretty much, and that we made out okay because they got a number one this year and a number two this year. Then they get uh, a four this year and then a four and a six next year, which I'm not sure that makes any difference, but who knows. But it's the first and second round pick this year uh, that could be, a, a, you know, a game changer, or at least a, a, an opportunity to find Tyreek Hill's replacement. Uh, obviously, there's not going to be anybody like Tyreek Hill. There probably won't for a long time. The guy can flat out move. But, you know, you, you find a guy and, and you, you move on. Well, and you look at what the Dolphins have done. They added a a tackle yesterday from the Saints, gave him a ton of money. They've got Tyreek Hill. They had already signed a couple of other players. I mean, the the Dolphins are making moves this offseason. And the curiosity in me says, all right, this is an owner who's been accused of tanking, offering his coach $100,000 to lose per loss. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you combat that? You go out and you spend a whole lot of money, bring in a whole lot of guys. Every position is taken care of except quarterback, right? Exactly. I mean, uh, but but obviously, I mean, you know, maybe they think that Tua or Bridgewater, with all these weapons, can get them where they want to go. Maybe Baker or Jimmy G ends up with the mix, although I don't know what they have left tradable, although I don't know that Jimmy G or Baker are going to be overly expensive. Or maybe big picture is we've got all the pieces in place and next offseason, either through the draft or through trades, we're going to go get our quarterback. Because even with what the Dolphins did today, I still think they're the third best team in the AFC East behind the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Wait a minute. You really think they're worse than the Patriots? What? Now, I, I agree with you with Buffalo, but I'm not sure about New England. I like New England's quarterback better than I like Miami's quarterback. Well, no question, but I think talent-wise, I, I like overall, New England's defense better than I like Miami's defense. Again, I think talent-wise, especially offensively, the Dolphins are pretty good squad, and their defense wasn't that bad either. So I, I think I, I like New England's coach better than I like Miami's. Coach. I'm going to flip flop. Okay, I'm going to flip flop uh, the Patriots and, and the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins move up to number two. And uh, and Buffalo being number one, New England number three, and then the Jets are somewhere on another atmosphere. Yeah, well, and you know it's funny because the Jets were in the running supposedly for Tyreek. No, Hill. they weren't. I, I mean, there, there there were two teams, and if it took 120 million for him to go to Miami, how much money would it have been for the Jets to have to dole out? I mean, the Jets don't get nice things. They're not. I, I mean, the Jets. And what would the Jets, I mean, obviously they'd give uh, uh, Zach Wilson a, a speedy target. Um, 
the Jets could say, hey, we're trying to do something. But when I saw that it was the Jets and the Dolphins and Tyreek was choosing, you knew damn well that guy was going to South Beach. Although I will tell you this, I like Zach Wilson better than Tua or Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, so if you're if you're Tyreek Hill, at least that quarterback would be okay. However, the Jets are just bad. I mean, they always they it just seems like they have been. I don't think they've had anything since Joe Namath have they or done anything. And it's been that's been a long time ago. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. Yes. But they just the Jets and the Giants have just been horrible here lately. The Jets obviously more so than the Giants, but. Boy, I just don't think Tyreek Hill ever had an inkling to even talk to the New York Jets, especially when the Dolphins got involved. Well, I mean, there's something about saying you're living in New York City, or lifestyle, um, but it ain't about winning no. if you're going to the New York Jets. And I don't know if you could really say that about the Miami Dolphins right now, but at least it looks like they're making an effort to improve their football team, which, hell, maybe the owner is just – spending money now as a f you to brian flores for for suing him um you know where everything we got we all thought that brian flores got a raw deal and yeah, no doubt there, there i mean you saw improvement with that football team but you know, maybe maybe there is something too to it just needs to get coached up i mean i don't know that you could label him a bust yet uh he's got to be able to stay healthy but He's going to have protection, and he's going to have weapons. If he can't get it done now because he's still on his rookie deal, that next big contract ain't going to come from the Miami Dolphins. I labeled him a bust from day one in the NFL. I just do not think he is an NFL quarterback. Look, when you look at Alabama quarterbacks, most of them don't do all that well in the NFL. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, you've, you've, you've got the kid in New England right now who played well last year, yeah. but the jury's still out on him. Who else besides Joe Namath that came out of Alabama that's that's produced? I can't think of anybody at this point in time. You know, Jalen Hurts was in Bama for a minute. It, 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 jury, jury is still out. You look at it, it's it's been a while. It's kind of like Oklahoma quarterbacks. Oklahoma quarterbacks at the next level haven't been the dominating guys, and obviously, I mean. You know, Kyler Murray looks like he might be, but we don't know yet. Baker Mayfield, in a change of scenery, who knows? But you look at all their Heisman Trophy winners, you know, they got a whole statue park for those guys, but ain't, ain't none of them going to the Hall of Fame. And again, Hall of Fame college player doesn't make you a, a Hall of Fame pro football player, but, you know, you look at Alabama and you look at studs, you look at wide receivers, you look at some running backs, and you look at some defensive backs. Those are the studs that come out of Alabama. Nick Saban goes get quarterbacks that just won't screw it up. That's exactly right, and I just don't know that, that – So I, that, I wasn't sold on Tua when he was at, with Alabama, for goodness sake. I mean, he was a good college quarterback. He got the job done. He was impressive there. But in, in the pros, I'm just not sure that Miami's spending all of this money that they're spending on guys like Tyreek Hill. They've improved that offensive line. Maybe they think that will help, but – I just don't see, or, or sitting in that coach's room, when you're just sitting there with the coaches and you're saying, man, we got this guy, we got that guy, we've been, and yeah, our quarterback's Tua. I mean, I, it just doesn't add any excitement there. He's not a guy that you're going to say, this is the guy that's going to lead us to the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm not sure Teddy Bridgewater is that guy either because he's bounced from team to team to team. Maybe in the right situation he will be. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather start Teddy Bridgewater with those two other than Tua right now. He would be my starting quarterback. If you 
could add a Baker Mayfield to the weapons in Miami, would you? Boy, I tell you, I, I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield. And I don't think Baker's going anywhere. He's too expensive. Well, but but here here's what I'm saying, though. If and, and you're right, his contract is $19 million guaranteed on his rookie deal unless you signed him to a two- or three-year deal. But I would rather have Baker Mayfield, ideally on a one-year deal, a prove-it kind of contract, no long-term love, You've got here's the keys to the car, man, and you you've got a Tyreek and you got a hey, hey, don't screw it up. Can you for one year show me something to go get that big reward? Because that is what Baker Mayfield needs. I I agree. I mean, sure, he needs a place to do that. I think he's played well at times. But he's going to be making $19 million this year, whether he backs up or starts. And at this point in time, we just don't know how that's going to play out. Keep in mind, Tua's still on a rookie deal. So, I mean, yeah, whether you trade Tua or not, at least bring in Baker and there's quarterback competition. You know, there there are some quarterbacks out there. And and I, I do, Baker has shown enough, more than just flashes, that says he can be the guy, but we haven't seen it consistently. But part of it is injuries, and last year he was crap after he got hurt. Nobody wants to give him or cut him any slack for playing injured. But you look at the reason why the Browns were picked to be a better team, a playoff team last year, was because of the way Baker had played to close out the year before. I mean, Baker has shown you with weapons. I mean, he had, um, trying to think of uh, OBJ and, and Landry, um, who was the tight end they had. You know, you got the running game. I mean, you know, there was that game where he had four touch. I mean, you, you've seen flashes of it. You just haven't seen it consistent enough. Well, it, it was so consistent that they went out and got Deshaun Watson and paid him $230 million guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how much they believe in Baker Mayfield. The only way they're going to trade Baker is if Cleveland eats about half of that salary. Now, are the Browns willing to do that? If I'm the Browns, I say no. Ah, you know what? I say Baker Mayfield is my backup quarterback. I may need him for six games if Deshaun Watson is suspended, which you got to figure that's likely to happen. But I keep him there. Why not keep him there? You're already paying the guy. And if you have to eat half of his salary to trade him somewhere, and again, what does Miami have to trade? I mean, honestly, it sounds to me like they gave up most of the deal, and maybe they wouldn't have to take the salary and uh, give us a six-round pick, and we'll be happy about it. Well, well, that's it. I mean, you know, what a D-hop. Uh, you got a, a, a an old, out-of-date running back who had expired in a six for DeAndre Hopkins because Bill O'Brien wanted to get that guy out of the locker room. I mean, you know. A twenty twenty nine six round pick. Well, I I don't. I, I mean, I imagine Cleveland if they're that ready to move on from him, and just to make sure that you've got peace within that quarterback room. And I say it this way because when it looked like Cleveland was going to get Deshaun, think about this week span. Deshaun uh, Watson had Cleveland on the list as a finalist. Then it was, yeah, Baker's not mature enough. Baker is not mature. Then it was. All right, Cleveland's out. Baker's our guy. We're not denying him the trade request. He's demanded it. We're going to get through this. So now you've got Deshaun Watson again, and now you're back in it, and you got Deshaun. you got to get rid of Baker Mayfield because you're already honest about what you're doing. And they brought in a Jacoby Brissett. 
They still have a Nick Mullins, and they've got Baker Mayfield on their on their roster. Well, they're not going to keep all four of them. Baker is going to be gone one way or the other, even if they have to eat some of that money. Just like the Cowboys, what do they got? Seven million on the books for Jalen Smith. I mean, teams do that all the time. Yeah, but yeah. they're deep in the quarterback room, and between Nick Mullins and Jacoby Brissett, that's quarterback enough to get through the Deshaun Watson suspension. Now, I, if, even if, if Cleveland does that, or teams waiting for Cleveland to just let this guy go and get him on the open market that way, because then you're right, Cleveland would have to eat some of that money, and then other teams could just pick him up. Uh, you're talking about a lot of teams out there that need somebody. Obviously, Carolina says they're not interested in Baker Mayfield. He's not interested in them. Seattle still needs a quarterback. Obviously, I think Miami needs a quarterback. Um who else is out there? San Francisco, we got Jimmy G. Who knows what he's going to do? So it's uh, it, it, the choices right now are limited. I mean, a lot of the pieces have already fallen into place, and I just don't think Baker Mayfield was a guy that a team looked at and said, he's our guy. He's the guy that we want. He's the guy that will take us to the promised land, uh, said nobody ever, except the Cleveland Browns when they drafted him number one, after they drafted Johnny Manziel number one, and that was a complete disaster. Mayfield at least hasn't been a complete disaster for the Cleveland Browns. Somewhere Jerry Jones says, see, I'm not as bad as that Browns owner. That's exactly right. Because that Browns owner is the only consistent guy. Of all the picks you just mentioned, different coach, different GM for all of them. Although Jerry wanted Johnny Manziel, didn't he? Yeah, but he ended up with a Zach Martin and things worked out (laughs) far better uh, for the Dallas Cowboys when it comes. Joe Reinagle. Jason Minix, The Blitz, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250, 103.3 FM. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix, live out at Texas Cheer Liquor Number 2 on Petrenko Road. We're here till 7 o'clock. Come see us. Lots of free samples here at Texas Cheer Liquor Number 2 on Petrenko in the shopping center right across from the Walmart. You know, it was a huge day out at UTSA for a variety of reasons today. The pro day happening out there. Let's talk about it with UTSA head football coach Jeff Trailer. Coach, what was today like for you as the head coach? Oh, there's a couple of things that came to mind. You know, first of all, I was very excited. Just you know, we had a lot of players individually that uh, had specific goals they wanted to meet, and they got that done, which is exciting for me. But two, just the response from the community again. It was just so packed in our weight room. There were so many people out on the football field. Of course, every NFL team was here. That's pretty exciting. So it was, it was a really special day for all of us. You know, I would think, Coach, that uh, you're like a proud papa out there watching your guys, these guys that you coach, that you went to battle with this past year, had all the success with, and you're looking at these guys just perform and try to get to that next level. I, I can't imagine the pride and the and just the, the gratitude that you feel today. Well, it's, it's a very similar feeling. You're just so nervous. I mean, I know how much sincere needed to run that four five five forty, And for him to do that just made me so happy. I know Tariq. They wanted him to bench press. They were concerned about the injury of his arm. And he, he was hoping he'd do it six times. And he got 12 times, right? I just know how Clarence Hicks wanted to run in the four fours today to get on the map. And he's a player that I felt like has been undervalued this entire time. I thought he should have been the MVP of our league on defense. 
and he had a great day as well. You know, we had Chuck Wiley had a great day, another player that I'm very, very fond of. And there's so many guys I could name of the 15, but those are some of the guys that I just know felt a ton of pressure today, and they went and got done what they needed to get done. So it's like a, a relief. I'm actually up here at the Rusty right now with a couple of my buddies, my coaching staff, just re- reliving the day right now, honestly. Absolutely, with a, a nice cold iced tea uh, to kind of <laughs> celebrate what you guys accomplished as we visit with Jeff Trailer, head football coach of the UTSA Roadrunners. You mentioned all 32 NFL teams that showed up. And if, you know, on social media, Deion Sanders was calling out the eight teams that didn't show up at his pro day yesterday. For you and this UTSA program to get all 32, including at least one general manager in Nick Casario, what does that say about your program and the quality of players and, and how you can use that in recruiting guys to play for you at UTSA? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the Seahawks and the Vikings uh, both were there today. That I spoke to our kids during fall camp about if you win, there's always enough for everybody. And if you lose, there's never enough for anyone. And when you win, you know, we knew Tariq and Spencer were probably going to get a chance, right? But we didn't know 15 of our guys were going to get a chance. And that's what winning does. It's just when you have that much success, they're going to come because there's a reason you're winning all those football games. And when you got a bunch of great players, you win a bunch of football games. You know, Jeff, when you when you look at this program uh, and the difference, and, and it's not a knock on anybody else, and, and it's a compliment to you and your staff, just the, the, the upgrade that happened uh, just in the short time that you've been there, uh, it, sometimes is that just as easy as a change of culture, just, just doing something a little bit different in that respect? Or what, what goes into that? What was your secret to success? Well, there's just so many things involved in that, you, you know, you got to find a quarterback. You got to keep them healthy. That's where it always starts. Uh, you got to get a little lucky. You got to stay healthy. Um, your schedule has to fall kind of right. You know, I'm giving you a bunch of reasons because they were, if it were easy, everybody <laughs> would do it. It's just not <laughs> yep. very easy. It's really hard to do. So there's so many factors involved. But if you had to put one thing on it, is that very first team meeting when I probably said to them, you know, they didn't choose me. I chose them. And if they want to have a meeting with me, just come in there with three things on your mind that you think we do really well at UTSA and three things that you think we need to fix. And those 68 kids all came and had an individual meeting with me. Uh, I think because I've been a head coach for so long, I did a good job of listening to my players. And I did a really – we as a staff did a good job of letting our players – have tremendous ownership in the direction of our program. And that is so true. When you look at the transfer portal, Coach, it's not just a get them on campus. It's getting them to stay on at campus, and you've done a tremendous job with that. Out of curiosity, as we think about Pro Day and everything that goes into Pro Day, and I know from the player standpoint that they are training for specific things during Pro Day, as a coaching staff, what do you guys do to orchestrate the pro day and the execution of today's events? Well, some of our guys, you know, more of the elite guys like Tariq and Spencer, you know, those guys sincere, they, they have agents already that they're paying to train them and get them ready. 
our other 12 guys, they've got us, right? We're preparing them for interviews. Now, even Tariq and Spencer and Sincere, we're still helping them with interview questions, making sure they know how to answer the questions, kind of the lay of the land. Those other 12, you know, Ryan Vilo is still training them just like he does our other kids to make sure they're prepared for the 40, the pro agility, you know, the, the vertical jump and all those individual position drills they're going to do. So it's kind of a mixed bag of what we're doing with each group, uh, but there's no difference. You still, they're all your kids, and uh, I don't know how much money they waste going to buy all those people. I'm, I'm sure Ryan Philo does just as good. <laughs> Clarence Hicks ran a 4 4 uh, and he wasn't having to pay anybody to train him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny because I mean you got all this going on and it's spring football time. I mean you got practice. You got you're you're already preparing for next year, but making sure you're taking care of these guys. I I don't think distraction is the right word, but how much of a distraction is it to have pro day in the middle of spring ball? Hey, you know it was really exciting. The thing I'm scared about mostly is I told all my players they're supposed to be in class at noon. And I swear I saw a hundred of them at pro day today, which I'm more concerned <laughs> they were not in class. But I, I guess their teachers might give them a pass for this one day. It's one of those good distractions. You know, I caught a little bit of heat from certain people for allowing those kids to be on our sideline during our bowl game when they opted out. But I just have a bigger picture view of this. You know, I'm 53. The 33-year-old Jeff Trailer probably doesn't let Tariq and, you know, sincere on the sideline but they're young kids they're getting advice from a lot of different people that's tough on a 21 22 year old young man so it's one of those distractions i'm very grateful we're having because that means we've got a bunch of really good players and i hope i have this problem for the next 10 years here well, you know that's what that's a good point that you bring up there, and I would imagine the guys that are pre- that you're preparing for next year are looking at those guys that uh, are, are leaving this program and saying, "I want to be those guys at some point," and probably make them work a little bit harder. Well, I said the same thing to our kids today. You know, when we were at Gilmer and back in 2000, none of those kids were getting scholarships. It took some of our guys, you know, Manuel Johnson going to the University of Oklahoma. Kevin Hollis going to Kansas State, and those guys having success. And then all the recruiters started coming there. All the college coaches started coming there. It's no different than here. We all celebrate Marcus Davenport. we got to get more of those guys in the league. I know we've got David Thomas. I know we've got a couple of guys that have had not Jarvion. They've had not so four- or five-year careers. But we've got to make it where it's just expected that every year we're going to have somebody drafted. And by having such a huge event like we did today, it plants that seed in the mind of JT and Zakari and Dadrian and Maka and Makai, that that could be me one day. If I just do the things those guys did, that could be me. And you know how it is, man, even in your own professions. you got to see it before you can be it. Somebody in your mind put that in your head to make you believe you could be hosting your radio show or doing TV for all these years. Somebody had to make you believe you could do that. Very, very true. Coach, when you think about the 32 NFL teams, were there XFL and USFL representatives there too? You know, I wasn't aware of that. If that was the case, I just wasn't informed. I don't believe that was the case. Uh, My running back coach, Julian Griffin, is our NFL liaison. He handles all that for me. He did not inform me of that, Jason. So I, I, I would believe to say it was just NFL guys that were there. Yeah, I was, I was just curious because I know of those 15, 
Hopefully all 15 can make some money, but we know it won't all be in the NFL, but there's so many other outlets, too, that can get them to the next level. And I look at, like, when we had the American uh, the uh, Alliance team here, some of the guys that played in San Antonio that are still in the league that wouldn't have made the NFL without that stepping stone. So I was curious if the uh, USFL and the XFL was coming around to these pro days as well. Well, the reason I believe they didn't is because, like, I know Brandon Roth is one of our 15. He did not participate today because he did just get drafted in one of those little spring leagues that's fixed to play right now. So I imagine since they've already had their drafts and they're already getting their teams ready, um, I'm not exactly for sure, and I'm embarrassed to say that, of the name of that league, which acronym that is, but whichever one fixed to play here in the spring, I know Brandon Roth just got picked by them. Yeah, USFL. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Coach, What are you going to take that night off and watch the draft and uh, and cheer for your guys? What will you be doing there? Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, it's so, it just shows you how old I am. Uh, so <laughs> many guys there today have my kids, you know, my high school kids. Like I've got Chris Boyd, you know, playing for the Minnesota Vikings, Blake Lynch. So I've got high school kids in the NFL. Well, then I've got a ton of college kids. You know, I've been at Arkansas. I've been at mm-hmm. SMU. I've been at Texas. Well, now I've got my UTSA kids going. So, so many of those NFL guys have my kids on their rosters. So, today was almost like a huge family reunion for me of everybody just informing me how my players are doing and how much they love them. And that's the common thing is that the kids that when I've been blessed to coach, man, they love football and they're really good people. And you know what? In our life, when you like being around people and they're really good at what they do, we seem to keep those kind of people around us a lot longer than we do the rest of the people in our lives. I uh, certainly do. And, you know, uh, a weekend to go to Las Vegas to celebrate with those kids at the draft, you know, that's not bad either as Jeff Trailer joins us here on the Blitz. Coach, I know uh, you're out I- I- enjoying post-pro day iced teas right now with your staff, but real quick, what's the what's the biggest competition position-wise going on in spring ball? Uh, the running back spot's heated. The left tackle spot is heated. Uh, you know, I'd say that left tackle spot and that running back, that's where it's, that's where it's coming down right now. Uh, we, we feel pretty good about the guys. We're gonna, we feel good about all of our positions, but we feel pretty good. We know who the corners are going to be. We know who the D-linemen are going to be. Uh, you know, obviously, Adrian Taylor at nickel is where uh, Clarence played, so we feel really good about that. That wheel linebacker position is interesting. You know, we lost Chuck there, Wiley. And that's going to be a nice little battle between Tremaine Bell, Trey Moore. Uh, who else is out there? We've got uh, we've got some uh, Jamoy Robinson out there. And then we also have the most civil We've got Caleb out there as well. So it's going to be a nice battle to do that wheel linebacker spot ends up going to. Well, Coach, I, I wanted to say before we go here, happy birthday to your daughter. And I know that uh, the pictures you posted the other day were classic, and it always gets to that point. I think your daughter turned 23 that you kind of feel like, man, I am getting old. Did you feel that? You know, I'm going to brag on myself. I've written – I write letters to my kids every year on their birthday. I started that when Jason was probably one. And she just crushes me on the letters I write to her that all I do is make it a big journal. So I, I bet I rewrote her letter for four hours to make sure it's exactly like she wanted it. And I finally, after all these years, I got a compliment that, Dad, 
That was my favorite birthday letter ever. So I am on cloud nine right now. I finally got some positive approval. I think the last <laughs> time I got positive approval from my daughter, she might have been 10 or 11 years old. You know, that, that's impressive. And, you know, the rest of us need to step up our game yeah. now. Yeah, you hear that? I'm 20. My daughter's 23, and I wrote her one letter, and that was when she was graduating college about how proud. <laughs> i got to do it once a year. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> well, the pressure is real. You better do a good job. My two well, sons, it, 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 are you kidding? Reading. Coach, Ryan Nagel has five daughters. Five, Coach. <laughs> oh, Brother Joe, you're in trouble, my man. You're in trouble. <laughs> yes, sir. I am and have been, and uh, but if you need any advice, Coach, let me know. I can help you. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. I think she's coming around. She's fixing to graduate in May, so uh, I have a feeling when she gets out there in the real world, she's got to pay for stuff herself. She might get a little more humble and uh, snuggle up to Dad a little bit better. <laughs> you know, Coach, when you can figure out at what point you can get them off the payroll, let me know because I haven't quite figured that one out yet either. <laughs> I'll do Coach, that, Jason. I will. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Congrats on a great pro day there for your guys at UTSA. It was Absolutely. great to see you guys in the national spotlight. Well, appreciate y'all. Y'all been so supportive in our two years since we've been here. We still have so far to go. Going to the AAC, we've got a lot of stuff to still get done. So it's going to take all of us. Like I said, on December 9, 2019, it's going to take all of us. And I'm really happy to be the coach here. Thank you so much. God bless the birds up. Absolutely. Jeff Trailer, head football coach of UTSA. We'll talk more about the pro days and what Prime said as we continue here live out at Texas Cheer Liquor number two. You know, it's interesting that, you know, Petranco in sixteen oh four, we mentioned what we have and Rudy J shows up and Michael Jimenez shows up. Yep. And Mrs. Reinagle shows yes. up. Yes. Yeah. I tell you, the uh, the scenery just improved in here, not because of Michael and Rudy. Yeah, there you go. But because my wife showed up. Newlywed. New- <laughs> Newlywed. <laughs> See, that's when does that end? I'm wondering. Is yeah. that a year, six months? I don't was- know. We'll debate that as we continue. <laughs> it's Rob Thompson. Join Rudy J and I tomorrow morning from 7 till 10 on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jay Semenix. Live at Texas Cheer Liquor Number 2. It's a party in here now. It is. So come hang out with us on Petranco Road. Rudy J is here. Michael Jimenez is here as well. Michael Jimenez looks like he's about to go see his parole officer, even shined his shoes. Wow, he does. He looks sharp. You got a date, Michael, or... Oh, okay. All right. All right. No, he looks good. Going, looks good. Going back to work. In fact, Jimenez, come over here. Is there a headset for, for Michael Jimenez? Jimenez. Michael. Oh, Michael, put the free samples down. <laughs> we <got> us. <coughs> well, these guys with the early shows, man, they come in here and uh, and have a sample or two. Well, he's had a nap. That is true. You look like you're still half asleep. That is also true. Why? Dude, I always get a nap at around 3 o'clock, 3.30 or so, wake up around 4, 4.15, wake up to text messages saying, did you hear what Ryan Engel had to say about you? <laughs> did you hear what Minix had to say? And I always go, what did I just wake up to? Well, and, you know, in all fairness, that's why I wanted to grab you because I know you, you'll be two samples in and you won't be able to talk on the radio. So I wanted to get you before, before you participated in that because you are the cheapest drunk that I know. But 
I got to slap you around a little bit. Ryan Eggle wants to slap you around because listening to halftime, you have us yelling at our radios. Oh, it is a good thing, Rudy J. Except for if I'm going to hammer you, I, I don't like to talk about people behind their backs. So I'll say to your face, <laughs> you're a freaking idiot. You keep flip-flopping on Team Tank. And your reason for wanting to tank is, 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 is dumb. No, no. Here's the thing. When the trades when the trades happen, I was all about the, the play in tournament. I was like, okay, we got some first round draft capital for Thad Young, for Derek White. Let's go ahead and go for the play in. Let the chips fall where they may. But every time the Spurs got within one game of the ten spot, just suspiciously, three or four starters would be benched for the night. Having these weird ailments, you know, they need rest. It was kind of like load management. And I looked at it and said, well, maybe that's what the Spurs organization is doing without saying they're going to do it. So my flip-flop on that is basically predicated on what the Spurs were doing. And at this point right now, I'm just looking at it thinking to myself, so you know what? If a, young, the best pick. if a young team has an off night, they must be trying to tank. But if a young team goes and beats Golden State, they're trying to get in. Hey, or a, they could just be a young, inconsistent team. It was a Golden State win without Steph Curry. Which is, and Draymond got thrown out, but still, yeah, they, beat, they beat Golden State. But it doesn't matter. On the road, they, they beat Golden So here's the problem. No matter what the Spurs do, the Lakers suck so bad that they're going to fall behind the Spurs anyway. And I'm glad that you bring up the Lakers because everyone's looking at the standings and looking at the Pelicans. I don't think that we're chasing the Pelicans. No. I think we're chasing the Lakers. I agree. The Pelicans two games away, Lakers three games away. Pelicans are trying to win because their first-round draft pick this year doesn't belong to them. It belongs to Portland. The Lakers, they're just free-falling. Their draft pick doesn't belong to them either. That belongs to Memphis. So well, I'm, I'm looking LeBron's at, out tonight, too, by the way. He's resting. He is. I, I'm looking at that Lakers. I think we have three games to catch up in ten games, and it's possible. Spurs need to win at least six of the ten to have a chance. When I, I look at your philosophy, and if I, I don't want to quote you, I don't want to misquote you, I'll let you say, you want to not get into the playoffs to improve the draft position by five to seven spots, right? Is, is that what you said on No, I'm happy to keep it where it's at right now. Seven or eight. Right now the Spurs are eight, lose tonight, Spurs are seven. But you, you, want, you would rather be in the lottery. Yes. Right? Now, unless they get a top three pick... Is uh, do you trust the front office enough to where if they picked at seven or thirteen, would it make that much of a difference in your mind? Almost oh, definitely. Yeah. So, so a couple of years ago when they took Luca, who's not even in the damn league anymore at nineteen, and Keldon Johnson at twenty-nine, they got the right players just in the wrong, the wrong spot, water. right? It, it right? Was, I mean, they they uh, so when they've you're, done when, pretty well at twenty-nine. Uh, they, by the way. they have, they have through the years, but but again though at nineteen. Luca, I mean, so you could end up with a Luca, or you could end up uh, with a Keldon, is what I'm saying. So why not try to win and get that extra experience? It's incremental growth season to season that you're trying to get with a young team. If I have time to address all of these different things, <laughs> they were enamored with well, Luca when no one else to was. Go to a break, but it was nice having you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They were enamored Although with Luca when no one else late. was. Every mock draft that year had Luca Samanich going in the second round. Every mock draft had Keldon Johnson going somewhere between 17 and 22. Uh-huh. The Spurs lucked out having Keldon Johnson go to 29. So if you're going to say that the Spurs do a good job drafting at 29, 
nine. They do a good job drafting at fifteen when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. They Imagine what they would do uh, drafting at seven. Uh, although, Imagine what although, they would do drafting at four. They'd probably get the right guy. Imagine well, what they do drafting at one. I mean, they got exactly. Tim Duncan, right? David so, Robinson as well. Sure. Sean Elliott at three. The Spurs do really good drafting. But what I'm saying is, is that the player available at seven or the player available at four, because if they finish in the top seven or at the seven spot, they have a one in three chance of moving up to the top four. Those are good players. The top five are going to be better than the next five and better than the next five. Just historically saying, mm-hmm. okay? The key to this season, this coming season, and the future of this team is what the Spurs do with those other two draft picks when they trade for a couple of veterans to come in here. It's not going to have anything to do with who they draft this year because that guy's going to play in Austin most likely, and it's going to be the veterans they bring in here next year. That's what's going to be the difference. Well, the Boston pick, which was originally 19 the day the trade happened, is now at 24, and it's going to quickly fall to 26 or 27 the way that the Celtics are playing. Right now, the Raptors pick, which was originally 18, is now 17, and it's only three games away from falling out into protected territory where it would go into the following season. Charlotte's won five games in a row, so you take a look at that. That Toronto pick may not be there. I think it's going to be there, but there's an outside shot that it won't be there if Toronto loses and if Charlotte keeps winning. So I take a look at it. I think that that Celtics pick is going to be a glorified second rounder when it's all said and done if the Celtics go far in the playoffs. It's still tradable for a veteran. You package that and it's tradable. The Spurs will not draft three guys. They'll no, draft I agree. one. I agree. And they'll trade those other two picks wherever they fall. Max will be two because if they get the seven pick and the 16 pick, they might be tempted depending on what player is they there. They won't. It's too much. You have to pay those guys, and they're not going to do it. Not for two rookies. They'd rather spend their money on a vet. I promise you that. Trust me. They actually have the money to do both. Well, it depends on, depends on who you get and how many vets you want. Right. But the way that I look at it, I don't see the, the purpose of, falling, of making the play-in tournament maybe – getting into the eighth spot. Because if you beat the Lakers uh-huh. in the 10-9 matchup, yeah, yeah. you beat the Clippers yeah, or the T-Wolves yeah, in the 10-7, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and suddenly you're drafting 14-15, yeah. your draft se- capital ha- shot. Ha- have you seen this? Devin schedule? Vassell was, what was he, 15? 11. 11. 11. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, it, it was 11. That's pretty- your 19th pick that you were so in love Tony with Parker, isn't 29. even in the league anymore. Well, t- which pick was I in love with? I was never in love with Oh, yes, you were. We didn't yes, even know were. each other back then. <laughs> You're a damn roller coaster. <laughs> you are com- You're rock the, I didn't even you're know rock you the back Mike audition <laughs> was about that. <laughs> that was somebody who no longer works with us who was enamored by him. I never uh-huh, saw sure, somebody else. Of Lucas Summers. Yeah, uh-huh. somebody else. Oh, my God. Michael Jimenez, noon to two, scream at your radio. <laughs> and, and when Ailey, you listen to us, you got to have a flow chart. Solid B. Oh, my God. On what? Alien today was his uh, movie review. He gave it a B. Yeah, the alien through the stomach, extra points. That Dude, was a Sigourney beat. Weaver's legs oh, in that movie are worth an A+. Plus. Oh, I know. There, there, there was gratuitous <laughs> panty shots the last 10 minutes of the movie until she put on the uh, the space uh, outfit again. Uh, so the B was <laughs> yeah. for something else. Yeah. <laughs> he had one, and so he gave it a B. That's what it you're boils right, you're down right. B to. Plus. We'll, we'll move it to a B+, because I completely forgot yeah, about the gratuitous How do you forget shots. about that? You're such a roller coaster, man. You, you just flip on everything. I mean, there's nothing concrete with you. I'm an acquired taste. Yeah. Uh, you're sort of uh, an acquired taste. Mike Jimenez, uh, I would say thanks for stopping by. but uh, You're in my hood. Thank you for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to him from noon to two. We'll chat with Rudy. Live, KZDC, San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Woo! Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz.
It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix out at Texas Cheer Liquor Number 2 on Petrenko Road. We're here till 7 o'clock tonight. Rudy J is here from R&R in the morning. And you know what's funny, Joe? We, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, you can grab some headsets. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm propping you up, right? So we're at the cigar party in Los Angeles at the Super Bowl, and they have all this alcohol. Everything there is free. Right. And there was this crown display, and everybody was walking by it because, well, there was all this other stuff. Nobody wanted crown until Rudy J went over there, and then realized it's something called Crown 18, which wasn't even out yet. Extra rare. It's extra rare. Eight, and, 18 years. And, yeah, all right? And so he, he he was getting everybody in that party to stop there. He was the crown royal salesman of the year Dude, look. at this party. We're here at Texas Cheer. There's a bottle there. He's trying to like, hey, Maggie, this is what Joe needs for his retirement. <laughs> and hey, now, yeah, he's still he, selling it. Yeah, before he gets off the air so I can sample some for him and make sure it's the same. <laughs> but this guy, I'm telling you, man, he was the, he was a salesman pulling everybody over there. And I'm, I'm happy he did. Because once he no, introduced me to that stuff, I didn't leave. We that, didn't leave that, that area. No, we didn't leave. I was like, I got to go get my partner in whiskey. <laughs> Let me find Joe. Uh, this is better than the Knob Creek. Yes, a little bit better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys did kill two bottles of Knob Creek in a week we in did. L.A. Whoa, we did. We did. <laughs> in one sitting. Yeah, one bottle Both one were night. In one sitting. Uh, one bottle on a. One was on a what? A, a Tuesday. A Sunday. Or something uh, like Sunday that. Yeah. A Wednesday. I don't. Yeah. It just, you know, once it there starts. There was a lot of crushed Miller Light cans, too. Yeah, no, like were. We were drinking alone. Oh, you weren't drinking alone, but I wasn't helping you with the Knob Creek. <laughs> no. That, that was, I mean, and Amanda's would pour one, but not drink yeah, it. And Rob was in bed by 6.30. He was. <laughs> Grandpa Rob. <laughs> yeah. At least Rob knows time. No, he knows. Uh, Rob, Rob knows, man. I got to, it was what, about a. 10 or 11, Rob's like, all right, no, I'm out. No, he left the cigar party at 8.30. Well, yeah, well, that's different. That was, was like, the cigar hey, man, party. I'm in, I'm in the Uber. We're like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. We all get this random text that Rob's halfway home in the Uber. Yeah. We're, we're like, wait a minute, what? Well, it's a great party when you look at your watch and it you hadn't changed it. So for L.A. time, he was looking at San Antonio time on his watch. You're not buying that story, are you? No. 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 But that's his story nope. and he's sticking to he it. Sticking Nobody's to buying it. that story. No. <laughs> he just wanted to go to bed. It he was did. a long weekend. It long was, week, excuse it, me. It was. By Thursday, and that's when it really gets going. I know it. Yeah, and then you find out you didn't book your wife's flight. <laughs> are we going there again? No. I mean, why, why are you inviting yourself no, back to the doghouse? I'm just saying, like, that's when the week started. Yeah, it did. And you find that out. That was uh, that was the drama part. And you wake up your buddy at five in the morning. Dude. Fix this, Jason. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? I'm sleep. But when Rudy calls and not texts, you you think something yeah. tragic has happened. And in his world, it did. He it did. did. His wife was at the airport with no ticket, ready to get on a plane to come to L.A. Gosh. I mean, there are a lot of dumb things husbands have done in life. Man. That one, bro. You talk about the panic attack, like. Full flush, full sweating, walking around. Rob's like, I guess I'm on a show prep by myself. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I got a well, crisis. Uh, well, and then, and then you know, she decided not to come. Yeah. And then Rudy was, well, I'm going to go home early. <laughs> like, dude, you're already in trouble. <laughs> I, I mean, why go home early? You're already yeah. in trouble. I stayed. Once, then, I, the only reason I stayed because Emmett invited us to his party. So I was like, man, I'm just going to go ahead and. Yeah. And then take, you changed your flight again. Like Sinbad said, like, don't take a midnight ass whooping. Take a 5 a.m. ass whooping. I, t- 
I made a business decision to take a 5 a.m. ass of it. Uh-huh. See. Yeah, so. That's, that's a smart that. man right You know, there. it's like, it is yeah. what it is. I'm in trouble already. Well, that's it. You already, I would have just said, it. you know, I'll stay till Sunday. I'm already in trouble. <laughs> no, I left Saturday with you guys. I know, but, I mean, you know, you, you were going to leave Sunday. Then you then you were going to leave Friday. Then you you finally rebooked a, a stupid five a.m. flight. Seven seven. I don't know how you made that flight. I knowing you don't have the money to switch it. <laughs> what do you mean? Still though, what I mean, we know? got in at like two thirty. I did the same thing in New York, and you were like, "Dude, you're not going to make that flight." I made it. You did. Uh, you more more power to yeah. you, man. It, it, this guy's an Iron Man. He is. He's an Iron Man because he'll stay out as late as anybody, and then he's up for the show. Six alarms, man. Six alarms. I'm telling you. Only you six? Up, like five, six alarms, you'd be all right. Uh, yeah, I got to work. work. Hey, dude, I, even like on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I was out till three St. Patrick's Day. I, I know. <laughs> I left the Roo Pub, and I figured it was time for you to go. No, no, you didn't leave the Roo Pub. You stumbled out of the Roo Pub. But you were, you were stumbling with me and then went somewhere else, which I don't know how you did that. Sometimes. And then made it to work. Sometimes you just like, my life's halfway over, right, if I'm lucky. <laughs> let's just go. Let's end it with a bang. If I'm lucky, I get to 80-something. I doubt it the way I've treated my temple. <laughs> so let's go on. <laughs> These last 20, 30, uh, whatever I got. Might as well enjoy you it. You know, right? man? Like, like, come, come on. on. That's a good point, although the last 10 years, the way you've treated your temple are really going to suck. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it boils yeah, down to. For real. What y'all got today? Well, let's talk about guys that treat their temples a little bit better. You were out at the UTSA Pro Day today. And we just talked to Jeff Trailer a little saw, while heard, ago about of course you got trailer uh, uh, about what that was like. But it was yeah, I mean, you're out there at a pro day. You got guys that are doing job interviews essentially that could pay them millions, change their families' lives for generations. Dude, I, I I looked at Rob and I was like, Do you think you could do a job interview with a thousand people watching? You know, like, like you realize we do this every day. Yeah. But we're already tired. Like, they're trying to get hired with mom, Man, We're trying dad, not to get fired, right? I mean, it's the same thing. Mom, dad, sister. Like, I probably would tell my family the wrong date. You know, I don't want y'all there. Like, I'm trying to broad jump. I'm trying to vertical. I'm trying to bench press. And you got all these weirdos like me and Rob sitting there watching you with shades on and our arms crossed. Like, we know what we're watching. <laughs> It's uh, y'all are motivation for those yeah, guys. Yeah. We don't want to end up like those guys. <laughs> exactly. So no, it's re- it's really cool, man. You know, it's my first pro day, and it was my first time at the race. Okay, oh, I've yeah. never been there. They did a great job with that place. That, that facility is nice. It's yeah. a really nice facility, man. Got to talk. I got to talk to Coach Trailer not as long as you did, but we talked to him for a quick minute or two. He was scarfing the salad down and trying to hurry. So, so you bothered the man while he was eating lunch? Sure did. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Yeah, sure did. Um, saw a GM from up I-10 there. Nick Casario was Mr. there. Mr. Casario was there, and I was like, why? Why is he here? It was four people from the Texans there. Tariq Woolen. Is that what it is? I, I like, think they want him. Well, they talk, him and Lovey talked about the type of DB they wanted. Yeah. They, they pretty much described Tariq Woolen. Now, I don't know if they'll use a, do, I, I don't know if they'll use a first on him, mm. but there's no way he gets past two. Well, I'm kind of with you there. I think this guy's future is really bright yeah. in the NFL, and and uh, I'm looking forward to see where he goes. Seeing him in person, he's like you know sometimes they're like oh he's six four and they write it down and you see him and he's six two. No, who's this in high school? Yeah, Tariq's six four. No, he's he's a he's, he's, a, six, he's legit six four. He going to the combine fourth this six type. Yeah, 
after the combine, maybe third pro day. I, I don't know if he jumps up to the second round. I mean, there's there's so you many. You don't think so? Well, there, there's so many needs. Now, granted, the Texans got a ton of picks for trading away at Deshaun Watson. So their shopping list is a little bit more than some other 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 teams. Right. And they've got so many needs that, you know, I'd love Good to see point. Tariq Woolen get drafted in the second round. I just don't wish the Texans on anybody that I like. So I really don't want them to go to the Houston Texans. I mean, I why put them into that misery? Hmm. That's a great point, Jason. But I do like Davis Mills. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know, I, nice. I like Davis Mills. I think he's legit. I think he was the but best. Tariq's a Dallas guy. He wants a star on his helmet. Yeah. No, he, he, he really does. Here we go with no, that. Uh, the on, Cowboy no, fans, it, it, y'all want everybody. No, I'm not saying like, he's oh, going to end up Wagner. there, but I, I'm Julio. just saying, yeah. go listen to the podcast of when Tariq was on with us after the combine, and I asked him, What'd you ask him? Uh, about playing in Dallas and how much he would like that. Oh, I didn't know that. And, and James Pledger was going nuts, and I said uh, on the show, and you'd have to go back and listen to it, to it but I was like, uh, Pledge is, is, is wanting you to go to Houston, but who would want that? And he just laughed. I mean, it was it was just quiet. I, I mean, but, but the Cowboys didn't even take the time to pull him aside at the combine. Which tells were, me they're interested. There were three teams that did that. Who Cincinnati, that? Seattle, and I can't remember the – I think it was Minnesota. Sure. That pulled them – I think it was. <laughs> yeah, go, go with the it. podcast. <laughs> I mean, so it was, it was three teams because everybody interviews everybody in a right. you know gang-style thing. But then you can pull guys aside for that one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Three teams did that. The Dallas Cowboys were not one of them. Neither were the Houston Texans. So I found that interesting. Cincinnati, I think, would be a great place for Tariq Woolen to go. Hmm. I mean, they've already got the pieces. You add a guy like that in there, and I think... uh, And and you look at it, though. I mean, you get your formal interviews at the Combine, and then you have your informal. He did informal interviews with everybody, is what he told us. But now you're going to have teams that get 30 visits. Who's going to want them on a visit? And we'll, we'll see. But so often, guys get drafted that never talk to a team because... Teams don't want to show their hand. There's so much gamesmanship when it comes to that. That's not the Cowboys, though. They like showing their Yeah, they, they don't do that. <laughs> They're not that smart. <laughs> no, man. Um, I, I think Pro Day I think pro day and um, the Combine, it's a gift and a curse. Like, for a guy like Sincere, like, you, like, screw the Combine. Like, dude, I had 2,000-plus yards from scrimmage. Like, screw the combine and pro day. Like, yeah, so what? I ran a 4-6. I had a bad day. And like I said earlier, some people are faster when someone's chasing them. <laughs> I, it's, no, seriously. Like, no, you're right. I mean, like, there's I football a, speed and there's track speed. Thank you. Like, you know, like, it's weird to just say, all right, go out there and go run versus, all right, I broke the hole. Now this safety's chasing me. I got to go. So, you know, with, with, with Sincere, you got to feel like, damn, my tape isn't enough. Like, now y'all want me to run a 4-5 and broad jump and well, you know, vertical. when you're at a smaller school, they're looking at overall athleticism. I, I've always, I mean, the combine, you know, the underwear Olympics. I mean, you don't play football in exactly. what they wear at the combine. Why not run a forty in, with, pads. In, in pads and a helmet? Agreed. And and if you're an offensive lineman, when are you ever going to run forty yards? Never. You're as not trying fast to keep as you up can. with Tariq Hill. You're not trying to block for him downfield. You know, because you're ineligible downfield. So. It's weird. I think Sincere will make the league. I don't know if he gets drafted. If he does get drafted, it'll it'll probably be you know a later round, or he'll be an undrafted part. But there are like forty running backs that are going, and 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 his, and his size is is going to hurt. Him. I, um, but he's got one of the best jump cuts you'll ever see. 
I might have considered coming back if I was sincere. I, I'm not that. That's up to him and his family. I would never. Um, you know, here I, I don't want to go against what they their decision, yeah, yeah. but I'm with 40 running backs. I may have considered coming. Well, why? Back. There's going to be 40 next year, and okay. and the amount of money you can make. And then next you're losing year, a lot of offensive line. You might not. Yeah, have the amount of money you're going to make next year. It, it's it's not like he's True. a third or fourth round guy that with another good year could be a first round guy. You're right. Uh, and so it makes all the sense in the world to get it now. To to get it to get it now. Okay. Uh, I and, and I could see that. I don't know that coming back helps his. His draft stock, especially with losing a few offensive linemen that were really, really good. Yeah, and not only that, I mean UTSA is going to have a much tougher schedule this year, especially the non-conference schedule. It's tough. Oh, and three, and well, I, no I, I don't know about that. Oh, no way. and three, I don't know about Houston, the, UT, I, and Army. I think he'll beat that Texas team, oh, and then shut uh, <laughs> you know, uh, why are you so confident? <laughs> why are you so confident the Longhorns are winning that game? What if they showed you that makes you feel like they're winning that game? Seriously, not, I'm not even being funny. I, I, I mean, he's well, a homer. Well, well, there's that. Uh, I mean, you know, but but honestly, Texas, their second team would be <laughs> what? UTSA. Whoa. That is whoa, so whoa, disrespectful. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That ain't going, man. It that is. is very it, it is. But Give it's them a not. shot. It, it, it is, but it's not. I mean, I, I, I mean. Could could Texas lose that game? Sure. You see it every year where a major D1 loses because they don't take their opponent okay. seriously. You know, UTSA is close. Hell, a couple of years, they almost went into College Station and beat A&M. Uh, last year, they almost beat BYU, or two years ago, they almost beat BYU. I mean, this team can play. I think they'll be competitive. But, but Texas is okay, just so. that much better. And I think uh, off season with Sark and get some of those guys healthy, they're going to – and the pressure is on Sark. And I'm, not, ahead, I'm not sure – yeah, you know, what they're going to have this year, if they're going to be as good a team as they were last year. I'd like to see last year's team play Texas well, coming up. And sure. I think I think it would be – yeah, <laughs> sure. absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, but hold on, Jason. Okay, let's say they can't beat Texas. What makes you think they can't beat Houston or going to West Point? Are you going to West Point, first of all? Let me ask you that. Are you going up there for that game? No, okay. I'm a Navy guy. I know, but your dad and your brother are Army guys. Yeah, but I'm a Navy guy. Okay. Um, but, I mean, okay, you yeah, can't be yeah, UT. Jeff Trailer puts a seat on the plane, I'd be glad to go. But uh, on my own, no, I'm not. I'm, not wrote, I'm waiting for UTSA to be in the American where they get to play Navy uh, er, every year. I'll, I'll go I'll go okay. uh, to the Naval Academy. Okay. Uh, I'll go to Annapolis for a road I think trip. They could end up, I think they could end up one and two. Our Army's good, um, and they've got a lot of guys coming back, and – just preparing for the style the last of football. Last time I saw Army, Navy beat them. They did because Navy's good. Army too. couldn't score. <laughs> Army could not score. The last time I saw them, and I saw them in person, yeah. in MetLife, uh-huh. they couldn't score. They, that's it. But you look at the way their offense is; it is so hard to prepare. Yeah, for yeah. Army's offense and inside of a blocks. week. Absolutely, cheap absolutely. In Army, I remember last time when Army came and played here in the dome. Everybody thought UTSA was going to win that game because that wasn't a good Army team, and they oh. steamrolled UTSA bad. in that game. It was bad. I forget the final score, but it was a whole bunch to nothing. Yeah, it was bad. Well, those non-conference games really don't mean anything anyway. Yeah. It's all about conference yeah, games. That's and what conference you always wins, say when so. you don't win them. So we'll see. Yeah, oh, but if they do win them, you're going to talk about how great they are. You know no, what? but I, I'm just saying. 
again, it's, it's a lot tougher this year than it was last year because Illinois wasn't the team that everybody thought they were sure. going to be. And UTSA went up there and rolled them. Memphis as well. And, and, and Memphis this, was a better team than this, Illinois. This prepares you for conference. It does. Absolutely. And I think UTSA does have a good season next year, but they're not going to roll undefeated. They're not going to be 12 and, and 1. And and I will and I'm I'm not going to be surprised or disappointed in the program if they do start 0 and 3. And if they're 1 and 2, I think that's a huge win. Because uh, the one win I think they do get, if it's of the three, it's against Houston. Well, they do have their calming force still in Frank Harris. He never folds. He never gets nervous. He never gets rattled. True. And he keeps them in game. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't think they start off with I don't know which game they win, but I think they get one. Well, uh, what they're not going to do is sneak up on anybody. Nope. Oh, that's over. I, I mean, yeah. la- now la- you're the hunter. Last year, Illinois didn't take them serious. I don't even know if, if Memphis did, but Memphis was up 21 nothing. They were. And oh, UTSA yeah. came storming back, if memory serves. They was 21 nothing. Yeah, right? it was. Um, not, a, not a shameless plug. I was at Pinkerton's watching that game. (laughs) 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 I mean, I know y'all going to be – literally, I was there watching that game at Pinkerton's. That's not a shameless plug. That's called a setup, a nice segue, because tomorrow the Blitz is going to be live out at Pinkerton's Barbecue for Yingling Lager Hoop City. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be down there getting you ready for the games tomorrow. Then on Friday, Jimenez will be at Pinkerton's and the Blitz. Because it's lunchtime. <laughs> I mean, if Pinkerton served breakfast, we'd send you out. There's no breakfast of uh, brisket and eggs. They could open at 7 so Robin and I could go. No. And Shelton could get there at 6 in the morning. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I know. I'm still coming. I know you're coming. My wife's making me. Oh, she's making you. I was like, she was like, are y'all at Pinkerton's? I was like, not us. Was, <laughs> not me. She was like, I kind of wanted to eat. Oh, I guess we're going. Yeah, you're going. I Good. No choice, you know? Good. We'll save you a seat. But see, they don't have Crown 18 and nope. Caribou for free. You can nope. bring your own. Oh, it's BYOB. No, I know it's not. No, <laughs> know it's, it's not. not bring your own brisket either. Oh. And why would you at Pinkerton's? No, it's better. Wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, just for the record, the Crown 18 ain't free. I know it's not. Uh, but, but you just said it. I just, I just you know. Well, it depends, I just, it depends I, on who you are. Oh. Well, it might be for me, but, you know, AD's going to charge this you. This thing got a door. That's <laughs> The box got a door on it. Dude, you feel that, the felt you on that bag. You know you can't afford it when the liquor bottle box has a door. Dude, yeah. <laughs> hey, get a regular Crown Royal bottle and then feel the felt and then feel the felt on that one. So this one, you can't put your dominoes in it. No. Because see, us brothers, we like to put dominoes. Our, our dominoes in our crown bags. I won't put dominoes in this well, yeah, crown bag. I want to sleep in that one. <laughs> yeah. Put it on my head at night, keep my waves. I'm going to trade my toggle for that. <laughs> I was going to say, is that your new tuggy? That's my that new bag tuggy. is way too big. I'll, I'll trade you the tuggy for that bag, and I'll be in business. Hell, the tuggy was too big, too. <laughs> I can't fit that tuggy. I can't fit that I'm 5'8", little hands, little feet. I can't fit that tuggy. Uh, just, uh, just keep it real. There's no need for me to get on there and lie to these people. The tuggy will fall right off. <laughs> No, it won't. <laughs> it's still in the box, isn't it? I, I, please I, tell me it's still in the box. Maybe I could get it tailored. <laughs> oh, Can you imagine bringing that egg? Can you uh, take no. a couple of inches no. off of this thing? <laughs> I'm out, man. That's this not, thing that's, is gone. That's a bad fitting. What time yeah. is it? I'm oh, out. My Turn me off. Yeah. Thank God. Rudy J, man. 7 to 10 in the morning with Rob Thompson. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I think we've lost the show. Uh, I, I don't know. What do, what do we talk about next? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Tariq Hill is a dolphin. That's uh, one fast dolphin. He that, is. That is for sure. We'll talk about that as we continue here on the Blitz live out of Texas Cheer Liquor number two uh, on Petranco Road. We're here till about 7 o'clock. Second of takes. The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 1033 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Live out of Texas Cheer Liquor, number two, the location on Petranco Road. You know, we knew this was going to happen, and I joked the other day, I wonder if New York City Mayor Eric Adams is a Yankees fan, because he's clearly not a Nets fan, because he could have changed the rules in place for their COVID restrictions, but that make no sense at this point that unvaccinated people can go to a Nets game, but players can't, because of their private sector rule, and their private sector rule says if it, your employees have to be vaccinated if they work within like six feet of somebody. Even you know, it's it's it, it's a strange rule. And I understand in New York, he says that he doesn't want to shut the uh, economy down again. And you know, they've got this mandate. Well, that also affects the Yankees and the Mets, mm-hmm. even though they play outside. That because they're employees, they would not be allowed to play in home games if they're unvaccinated. And based on Aaron Judge's answers about it, you can assume he has not been vaccinated. But baseball, is he a Yankees fan? He's changing the mandate. He is. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is going to announce on Thursday at City Field, home of the New York Mets, so maybe he's more of a Mets fan, that there is now going to be a uh, a clause, an exemption for athletes and entertainers to the workplace private sector vaccine mandate, which means the Yankees and Mets players will be eligible to play in home games, and that also means Kyrie Irving will be available to play in home games during the playoffs for the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, now if I'm the guy that is a server or a cook or somebody, and I still got to wear a mask because I'm a city official, I'm pretty pissed off about this. Well, it's not wearing a mask. You're not allowed to go to work. Well, exactly. I mean, there are some 1,400 New York City employees that opted not to keep their jobs versus getting a vaccine. So special exemptions for entertainers, basically, right, and athletes. Yes. Everybody else is still unemployed. Well, I mean, it's no different than if you're unvaccinated and on the visiting team playing in Brooklyn, you could You you can play. play. It's an odd mandate that doesn't make a lot of sense it makes no sense but let everybody go back to work but now they've got this exemption for athletes and entertainers which allows Kyrie to play but you know it's for it's for the baseball players you know Eric Adams could have done this uh, a long time ago and I joked it's like well he's not a Nets fan if he was a Knicks fan I wonder or if Kyrie played for the Knicks would he have changed it a long time ago well he might have but the playoffs are coming up yeah so you know about the time the playoffs starts what happened with the NFL as soon as the playoffs began, all of a sudden there was no COVID anywhere. Yeah, but you remember... Nobody was getting tested positive or anything. Again, Eric Adams apparently hates the Nets because even when Kevin Durant was calling him out, he wasn't budging. But then the baseball players got put into that, and I think he realized, well, this is stupid. 
uh, let, let's fix this so that my baseball players can go play. Well, it's still stupid if he's not going to allow the other workers to come back to work that are unvaccinated. If you're going to allow that for the athletes and the entertainers, obviously he's talking about the Broadway shows sure, uh, as well, so they can come back. And, and, but the poor people that actually need the job, and these people are making millions, mm-hmm. the poor people that are making minimum wage can't go back to work? That's ridiculous. And, and that really, that really... Uh, look, there, there are so many... Still me off. ridiculous <laughs> rules uh, with with the COVID stuff. I mean, just be be. Wait, wait. Think about think about this tomorrow night when you're watching the NCAA tournament games. It, the the games at the AT and T Center and any of the other games happening Thursday, Friday, the games last week. If you were paying attention, media members sitting on row one of press row have to wear a mask. Row two, you don't have to wear a mask. That's the yeah, it's ridiculous. Rule. That, that's what dumb. kind of sense does that make? And the other thing that's been the stupidest thing in the world is if I walk through a restaurant, I got to wear a mask. Once I sit down, I guess COVID is only about six feet up yeah. in the air. <laughs> well, I mean, because once you sit down, well, it's, it's because it, it can't get you as you're walking past people. If you cough and they're sitting there, you're. Well, what if I cough when I'm sitting there and I turn to yeah, but, sitting over but, there? But it only goes five thing. and a half feet. That's why you've got to be six feet away. <laughs> See that, that? That's what I'm saying. There are no restaurants that are six <laughs> feet away anymore. I promise you. I've yeah. been to many yes. of them, and they're yeah. not six a- feet away. A- absolutely. But as as we predicted before the start of the postseason, before the start of baseball season, they were going to somehow fix this. And again, Thursday, at City Field, home of the New York Mets. They are going to make the change, and Kyrie is going to be eligible. And you look at the Brooklyn Nets. If they were to play Toronto in the first round, Kyrie wouldn't be able to play at all. No, he's, he's, not, he's not allowed in Canada, right. and he wasn't going to be allowed to play in the home game. No, he won't be allowed still because Canada still has some a lot of rules. But, you know, again, this is ridiculous, and they need to fix well, this thing. Look, we've we got to figure out a way, not to get political with this thing, but figure out a way to live with this thing. Well, you know, These mass things don't work. I saw something on the news this morning that the airline union is trying to get it to where they can get rid of mass on airplanes yep. because it is created – um, such a, a tough job for all the airline employees trying to enforce a mask policy and when it's allowed, when it's not allowed, and, you know, they're they're trying to appeal to the president to take that away. Um, so we'll see how it how it all plays out. Don't get me started. Uh, I'm not getting you started, right. but you're in the right place to get started because it was proven during all of this we are in an essential business. It is Texas Cheer Liquor number two. When everything was shut down, this place was open because it is essential. And uh, Texas Cheer, we're at number two. There's four, soon to be five, soon to be more after that. No pressure, AD saying it. But, I mean, you guys are growing because of the service you have. You can tell a business that's doing well and doing things the right way because they continue to grow. What's your secret here, man? And no secret, man. It's just customers always first. And, you know, we're a small family-run operation, and customer service is our top priority. You know, we try to t- treat everyone that walks in here like a family member, and that that's always our goal is the customer leaves happy. You know, I've had yeah. the pleasure of knowing AD now for, what, about three months, and uh, this is my third visit to a Texas Cheer Liquor. I started at number four. We went to number three. We're at number two. I can't wait to get to number one and then number five after that. But he's absolutely right because every time anybody, and we sit here and do the show, and we can see who comes to the front door, you walk up to the counter, ask for something, you stay at the counter, they go get it for you. Yeah. 
and then you then come back up, and it, it's 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 amazing, man. The service out well, here. Well, that's it. Now you can shop around. They, they, Absolutely, they want you to walk Absolutely. around because you know you came in for one, but maybe you get two or three other bottles. Sure. They they encourage that. But if you're lazy and you just say, "Do you have this?" Yep, and they'll go get it for you. Well, that's what it I is, like. It is that because you're lazy, you know. See, your wife was here and she shopped all over the place. She did. And you know, I sat she, here helping. She walked out of here. She walked out of here with three bags. I know. I mean, Joe's I love you. AD. Joe's going to be shocked when he sees this <laughs> The good stuff. The good stuff. No, she had been looking. I know that I saw one of the things she had. She'd been looking for that and couldn't find it. But guess what? She comes to Texas Cheer Liquor and finds it. Well, and that's the other bit. I mean, I, I can't imagine you not having what somebody is looking for. But if I come in, I'm looking for something extremely rare. You don't have it. I know you say you'll get it for us. How long does that normally take? You know, if we don't have the product in stock and it's available at the warehouse, it's a matter of two or three days uh, of getting that product in. And, but we do specialize in carrying products that are hard to find or hard to get. So if there's something like a allocated bourbon you're looking for or a high-end tequila, uh, there's a good chance we'll have it where some other stores might not. I know he's absolutely right because I have a bottle of Blanton's in my uh, liquor cabinet mm-hmm. that uh, he didn't have. But about two days later, he had it. Yep. And I got me, it. Me too. Yes. Me, so and, and what again, he says is true. And Blanton's is, is so hard to find. It is. But somehow you always have it. We uh, we try hard. We try hard to please our customers, and uh, that's one of the things. We give the people what they want. Yeah, yeah like Crown 18. <laughs> <Yes>, <laughs> the fact that you have Crown 18. Yes, sir. How difficult was that for even a guy like you to get? Um, so, like I said, we have a good relationship with our distributors. For us... You know, wasn't too hard. Yeah, you can say it's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah those other, those other stores that you pass on your way to Texas Cheer, they exactly. don't get the good stuff. Exactly, no, exactly. <laughs> no, and I mean, this is a place, if you just walk in here, and it's not just this one, it's any of them. I've, I've never seen a selection like these guys have in here. And I mean that sincerely. And I've been in a lot of liquor stores. Yeah, trust me, we know. <laughs> and I, I, Honestly, I've never seen the selection that they have here at Texas Cheer Liquor. It's incredible. We try to make it a one-stop shop and try to have everything you need. And like and like we talked about earlier, and we reiterate it over and over. You know, if you don't have it, we'll get it for you. And we try to, each store, we, we curate to, you know, what the local neighborhood wants. And so, you know, if some neighborhoods want high-end bourbons, we got high-end bourbons in that neighborhood. If some neighborhoods want... Uh, you know, high-end tequila, we have tequilas at, at that store. That well, that works. Yeah. And, and obviously, cigars, you also have beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you have, I mean. Beer, wine, cigars. You know, like I said, we try to make it a one-stop shop, you know, so you don't have to make multiple stops. So it's everything you need. Everything. And, and I've even seen a couple of times people just pull up and you walk outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so right. people can call you and, and place an order. Is that right? Yeah, download our app, Texas Cheer Liquor. Download the app. You can place an order for curbside pickup, delivery. Uh, like I said, you know, Texas Cheer Liquor app. Get it downloaded. All right. <laughs> curbside. That was the word I was curbside. looking for. Exactly. Yeah, just go out and hand it to the guy at his window. Yeah, Cur- curbside. And you were an essential business. Exactly. And still an essential business. <laughs> the government taxes uh, one liquor bottle like at five different levels, so there's no way they're going to shut us down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I exactly. thought they were doing it for us. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying it was for, for them? Well, they didn't want the uh, some people to fill up the hospitals if the liquor stores all closed down. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, exactly right. Yes, yeah. uh, absolutely. Yes, I do. <laughs> certainly, certainly do. You've got four, five opens when. Our target date is by May. By end of May is our target date, uh, maybe sooner. But uh, like I said, we uh, hopefully by 
mid-May will be open, and uh, we have some other things in the works. And, and, and so number five is the location? That is uh, east of Bernie, uh, near Cordier Ranch, on Highway 46, right before Bergheim. So a high-end bourbon place? Oh, for sure. That, that's going to be that's high a, that's a high-end bourbon yeah, neighborhood yes, out, out there, right? Yes, sir. Right, and number six is going where? I uh, can't. Well, we can't get into details yet. But like I said, you know, number seven. We have lots of uh, we have uh, lots of things in the works, and hopefully uh, this time next month we'll be able to talk about. it. I'll give you my address, AD, <laughs> so you can look in that location yeah, yes, over sir, there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the high rent district. The yeah, high, no. uh, The high bourbon neighborhoods. Well, we, we live pretty close to each other, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True, but I'm on the other side of the highway. Yeah, I got you. you know right. how that works. Yeah. Uh huh. AD Singh, owner of Texas Cheer, always appreciate you guys having us out. Thank you guys for coming by. Spurs play tonight. We'll talk about the silver and black as we continue. Hey, this is Michael Jimenez. Have lunch with me on Halftime tomorrow at noon. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 1033 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. We're out at Texas Cheer Liquor number 2 on Petrenko Road. Nothing like somebody walks in, has no idea radio shows going on, and like, what the what hell the is going <laughs> on in here? You said like, yeah, the look on this young lady's face yeah, over here. Yeah, she's like, like I, I just, I just, wow. Uh, and she gets water. Water. Yeah. That's all right. Good that's, for that's you. Right. Absolutely. You want to hang with the rest of us. Uh, uh, well, you know what? You know it, it, It's funny though because see, you get your water when you come to a place like this because I didn't. I didn't really. Well, I knew this. I remember when UT put it out and Tom Herman made it all famous. But Jeff Trailer has a hydration chart right. at the urinal. Yeah. And Rudy J posted a picture <laughs> of the hydration chart on his on his Instagram. Clearly, it's been a long time since Rudy J has mixed in a bottle of water, <laughs> according to Rudy J. But there are some people at the radio station, not Rudy J, because he and I are rarely there at the same time. Never. But there's somebody that works in the afternoon on the KTSA side, I'm sure, that never flushes the toilet. Uh, but they do exactly. need to mix in some water. I agree. I mean, because sometimes it's a yeah. little alarming when, yeah. when you go in there. Quick story. Rob and I duck off into the restroom. We're touring the building. Wait, today. wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. You, I, wait, what? That's, hold on. That re rephrase everything. We go to the because, restroom. Uh, duck and, off hey, sounded wrong. And Edwin, mark the tape and make a promo of Rudy <laughs> saying, Rob and I ducked off into the restroom. That doesn't so sound right. So were you both using the restroom? It, it didn't sound when right. When you're using the restroom at UTSA in the facility, they have that chart. Uh-huh. So he's in cell three. I'm in cell one. Uh -huh. There's one in between sure. us. Uh-huh. You always have that one in between, right? He's like. When you duck off in there. He's talking about, my mind's no good. I'm no good to the team. And then I'm yelling back at him, I'm no good to the team either. <laughs> all, right, well, all right. So explain that. Read the chart. It means you have the photo. Uh, you have the what's photo. What's the What's the proper term on radio for? Uh, is it urine? P. Yeah. That's urine. Yeah, it's, it's a P chart. Yeah, it's, it, it's a P chart. A, it's, so a, it's, it's a color of your P chart. The lighter, the better. Yes. Which everybody knows that. Mine was. Carson Wentz mustard jacket. <laughs> Carson Wentz. The, do you remember that oh, mustard, mustard jacket? Yeah. Mine was mustard jacket yellow, which means I'm mental and physically weakness on the UTSA chart. Hold on. Dude, this is so. Uh, you could, you could. Were you what number were you? Uh, six or seven? Yeah, somewhere in there, dude. Wow. Mental and physical weakness. At least you weren't eight. At least I wasn't which, juiceless which and useless. Which, according to the chart, juiceless and useless. <laughs> 
Well, if you're number eight, that's that's eight. coming out somewhere else. That's a, <laughs> that's a brown card. I wasn't eight. Well, um, I wasn't eight. But that's a good chart to keep. Uh, a selfish Why? teammate is a so four. So make five. sure you're on point. Drink your water. Are you going to start drinking water? You don't drink really water. need a, a you need? chart. You look down, and if it's a little too yellow, you go, I need to mix in a glass of water. Um, True. I, I mean, doesn't take a rocket scientist. You're in your 40s. I can understand a 19-year-old kid, but at some point. But, like, there's different shades. You know, like 50 shades of gray, there's 50 shades <laughs> of yellow. Well, according to this chart, there's eight shades of yellow. <laughs> if you get to number nine, you're dead. <laughs> you, you've got you've got bigger issues. Yeah. Well, oh, Greg Shelton just she cut got you off. no, she got water because she's cutting people's hair. She's at the barbershop. Oh, okay. Oh, you can't right. be drunk cutting people's hair. Well, well, it depends. I've seen some people come out of places. It looks like their barber was drunk. You kind of hope their barber was drunk. Gee whiz. I know. I mean. <laughs> no, I was going to I was gonna make fun of Rudy and his barber, but there's nothing to make fun of. No. I heard him on uh, with Michael Jimenez earlier talking about the barbershop that they have at the UTSA facility in the weight room. There's a barbershop. Yeah. That, I think it was Pledge that asked if he got his trip. No, man, there's nothing to trim up. <laughs> Although... Mr. Reinagle got a haircut today. A little haircut today, today yeah. Not that anybody yeah. could tell because it always looks the same, but the BS of I'm done with TV, I'm going to let my hair grow out, get a mullet, you kept your two-week hair appointment, huh? Well, that nice uh, young lady that was in here earlier, she vetoed that whole mullet thing. Oh, you mean Mrs. Reinagle? Yes. <laughs> Did you think she was going to approve that? Well, you know, I thought maybe she'd let me experiment. I, dude, seriously. Well, I thought maybe. I mean, think, think, about, think about your wife. And at some point, we will get into how long are you a newlywed. Yeah. But your wife married a TV star. And a, less than a year later, she's married to a radio dude wanting a mullet. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You think she's rethinking things? Or what? I, 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 I'm just thinking what she bought and what she got are, are, are two very different things. So you're saying I can do radio, I can be a radio dude, but I, I still need to look like a TV guy. I, I'm saying, I'm saying she, she didn't marry Sean Rima. You can't let her. <laughs> no, she didn't. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just saying she didn't marry Rudy J. She, she didn't marry. Rob, she didn't. She married a TV star, right? And now you're you work in radio and you want to grow a mullet. Yeah, I now think, she I supports think radio. Great. She doesn't support mullet. Well, we'll see. I may just have to do it. Although she'd see that coming out, right? So right? It took you two weeks to grow a goatee. Well, y- then nobody noticed. That's very true. But I did that because it was uh, back in No Shave November. You know, you guys are familiar with that, right? So yeah. I thought, well, I'll do it because I can't grow a full beard. Uh-huh. Right? It's, it, it, nothing happens here. But I could do a, a goatee. So we have a gentleman here. So he's got a great executive goatee. chef. He's got a great goatee. But he could do the whole beard if he wanted to. He, he probably could. He could. He, he, but you now, tried that. I bet this guy couldn't, though. He's got a, no offense, but he's got a baby face. Yeah. 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 But he could do with his little uh, Bruno Mars looking mustache there. <laughs> I mean, he could. I mean, he could still grow more than you. I don't know, man. I think I could give him a run for his money. We got there's a champion hey, look, right there. Some guys can grow facial hair better than others, and I was I'm facial hair challenged. 
Your mullet challenge, too. No, I can do no, that. No, that's not a challenge you should accept. I don't want a mullet, but i got to do something different, man. I mean, I have to. Uh, well, I've, been, I, I've been cutting my hair like this for 30 years, for goodness sake. You it's know, time to do something I else. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, I've had the same haircut yeah, for about that Rudy's long, hair, too. Dude. I mean, Rudy's had, Rudy's had the same hair for 30 years. <laughs> Greg Shelton's had the same hair for 30 years. Yeah. Well, and look at them, both of them. And so you want me to stay the same? As opposed to a mullet? <laughs> I don't know what else you could do. There'll be something happening. I mean, Got to be something. Right, yeah. AD? There was something happened. Parted on the other side? Maybe yeah. I'll part it in high, or the other, part it in high school. Yeah. I'll part it the other way. Hey, tomorrow the Blitz is live out at Pinkerton's Woo-wee! Barbecue downtown for Yingling Lager Hoop City. Want to thank everybody here at Texas Cheer Number 2 on Petrenko for a great day. It's time for us to sample.